Maybe. Where's transition button? There we go. All right. Uh, welcome, everybody, to Mog Talk. If you've never uh, seen Mog Talk before, it's a show based around the Final Fantasy XIV community discussing everything from savage writing to Chuckabo racing. Uh, this is this this is this feels good. This feels real good. I mean, I, I don't I don't know what else to say, guys. This feels amazing. It's been so long. The last five months uh, being completely just in the background, just looking over, hoping to catch a Twitch stream and see someone playing and figure out what's actually happening in the community and the world and everything else. Uh, and now I'm here with three friends. The only thing I got to do is have a conversation with you guys. This feels really good. Hi. So before we get too much into it, let me introduce or let them introduce themselves, my nice good friends here. Uh, we'll start with, uh, I guess we'll go clockwise. Arthas, could you tell everybody uh, who you are? Yo, guys, what's up, man? Uh, it's Arthas. Uh, yo, nice to have you back, man, Frosty. We, we miss you. I miss you. Thank you so much for uh, inviting me back on your first show back. It's an honor. Thank you so much. You know, you've been on... 20 to 30 shows or something like that so really you're, you're a pretty static part of uh mog talk so it felt like it made sense to bring you on uh the many yeah I, I think you are literally the number one uh guest on the show like the most recurring not the best guest all right, oh, I'm not gonna dude, say you're the best guest. You didn't have to tell okay, him he wasn't wow. the best. Yeah, you don't have to say that, man. Hmm. Gosh. <laughs> no. One of my top picks for guests, obviously. Uh, but someone who hasn't actually been on the show before, complete opposite side of the spectrum, but we tried before, it didn't work out, but now we oh, managed really? to do it. Rook, can you tell everybody who you are? It's so good to be here. Thank you so much. As a car goes loudly by my window, perfect timing. Um, thank you so much for having me, Frosty. It's been sad without you and without Mog Talk here in the space, especially given the advent of PvP and everything that's Ooh. happened. We're going <laughs> to <But> talk. <laughs> we'll talk about it. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's a blast no. bringing you on, Rook. I, I, I remember we did the uh, World Race event. Uh, not the most recent one, because that was one where I was the first time that I was pretty much completely absent from the event, and it felt really weird. Uh, but the one yeah. we that, also felt yeah. really weird. We also felt really weird without really? you. Yeah. Yes, yeah, we really, were all really. confused. We had to have like support groups. No one knew what to do. It was okay. It was all right. We found our way without you, but you know, um, your spirit no. kept us going. But no, I'm so glad to be here. Honestly, I've uh -huh. long watched, loved Mog Talk, so I'm happy to be here talking with everybody today. No, I'm happy. I knew it was going to happen. <laughs> sorry, it only right. took like, it took, what, three minutes? Three minutes for it to happen? All right, Mr. Happy, tell everybody who you are. I don't want to. I want to talk about you. I'm Mr. Oh. Happy. I, I play games and then people, I guess, care? It's about, that's about it. I'm a big fan. I have a Mog Talk shirt. You do. It's one that you hate. It's the shittiest shirt I've ever made. <laughs> I, I should have worn it today, but I was I, I was busy morning. I wasn't thinking about it because it's it's hanging up there. I wear it like once every other week. I'm just like, oh, I keep Frosty with me. Oh, I can stream with his shirt and it's like he's here. Yeah, I just noticed the chat window is completely blank. So I'll work on that a little bit here. No, that's because we're the only ones here. 
We're only ones here. There's no one, no one yeah. chatting in chat. Uh, but I can work on that in studio mode. And I do want to go ahead and apologize to everyone if there is a little roughness or it's a little bit crazy. Uh, you know, during the show, things don't work. Uh, I still, besides this, and I, I wanted to do this really badly, but besides this show, I also have a lot of stuff going on in the background that has hindered my ability to put on quality content. But we're going to try it anyways. We don't have to do quality content. We're in the Final Fantasy XIV community. We just fucking rough it, right? That's how we do it. Oh, we do some things. Yeah. <laughs> There's yeah. some things that certainly happen. We uh, duct tape stuff together and just hope for the best, honestly. Yep, yeah. yep. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I appreciate everybody being so nice, you know, coming back and being able to kind of talk, uh, with all of you again. Arthas, you said, Arthas, happy you guys had questions. I'll let you ask whatever questions you want to ask. How's the, how's the, maybe, how's the last five months regarding your kid? It's been insane. It has literally been one of the most ridiculous things I've had to go through ever in my life. <laughs> uh, Wait, ridiculous? What do you mean ridiculous. ridiculous? It's just like there's so much to it, man. There is so much to like taking care of a kid, and you would think, holy crap, we're in 2022. Somebody has like a book or something, right? They have some sort of like, <laughs> hey, here's a yeah, guide. A this box. stuff makes sense, but like it's all anecdotal bullshit, and you just have to hope any of it becomes relevant to anything you're doing. Uh, and so it, it's. Um, Parenting has been uh, just an exploration of figuring out what my child is. I guess who my child like is. Like no yeah. window for you to even like do anything else? Well, like not play really. Games. No. Really? Some people might not know this, but I work, I also work outside of this. I ha I'm a, a manager, uh, an IT manager at that. And I work about 50 to 60 hours a week uh, doing that. Oh my gosh. So, I know that uh, life. yeah, my, my life is pretty, pretty busy. And so between that and having uh, Ellie, it's been, uh, it's been busy, very busy. And then last week we were going to come back and I appreciate, I want to say this first off, it means so much that you guys were accommodating and able to work with me on that because my AC went out Thursday. And for those that don't know, I do live in Arizona. Uh, and so when your AC goes out, it's pretty much like life or death. I need to figure out how to be in this situation. Uh, but it's a dry heat. It's a dry heat. You know? So it's an oven. <laughs> it's literally an oven. Uh, and it, it's, it's pretty bad. Uh, and there's also, because of supply chain issues and shortages everywhere, of course, they didn't have the part my AC needed. And it's been about a week and a half, and it's still not fixed. But... We figured we figured something out to at least get us by. I think by the end of this show, I might be in like the high 80s for the temperature in the room. But uh, Fahrenheit for those who are unfamiliar, Fahrenheit. No Celsius. Yeah. yeah, you should have just had like a cooler next to you full of ice packs, and then you could just pull them out over the course of the show, like swap them, put a new one on. Even better, you get the cooler and you put it with the ice, but then you just like put it on the desk in front of you and just open it. So it's just like <laughs> blasting you in the face with cold air. Yeah, swamp cooler, mm. swamp cooler. Uh, and so we, we have like a professional one of those where you fill it up with water 
and then it just blows that air, and then you could throw ice bags in there and stuff. It'll just be cold water and just like throwing that humidity on top of everything as well. Uh, so we we have we have one of those, uh, but it's when you're getting up to like 110, 115 degrees, eh, it can only do so much. Um, but that being said, uh, you know, it, again, it's been crazy. I appreciate everybody being so patient with me while I, while I kind of just disappeared from everything. Uh, there has been so much that has gone on within the game community that affects me that is extremely important. But unfortunately, the timing just, you know what? Ellie's a little bit more important. So I had to uh, just, just yeah. Uh, so I had to make sure I took care of her. There has been a ridiculous world race. Ridiculous ultimate from what I understand. And then there's been a whole new PvP mode that people who hate PvP don't really hate it anymore. Maybe they've gone back to hating it. We'll we'll talk about that a little bit. No, okay, okay. Uh, Not me at least. I still <laughs> love it. I'm still in it. <laughs> and then the story finalized, and we never got a chance to talk about that either. Uh, and then we're going on to a whole nother story in the game. There's just so much crap going on in Final Fantasy fourteen that I have had to just sit back and be like... Uh, Skip Squidward in his room looking out at Spongebob and Patrick Starr running across the field or whatever, you know, and just wishing, wishing I could. Did you even, did you even play Endwalker at all? Actually, no, now you talk about it, you know, I five did. months. So I'll let you know exactly at the point things kind of turn because I had some other drama, some other real life things that really took me out of like focus and being able to do anything before Ellie came and I had to prep for her coming as well. The world race was for Savage, the first Savage tier, was kind of the cutoff for me. So as soon as we finished that up and we were done, and that went so well, holy crap. Like, I, I don't even know how wh why that went so well. I think we had like 17,000 people watching it and uh, we were able to raise, not as much as they did for the, the ultimate race, but a pretty decent mount for children's hospitals and it was pretty cool. Um, and right after that i played a little bit i got into it i still haven't touched savage Ooh, hmm. that's fair you've been progging baby savage what, so. what, are you, what are you doing after this frosty <laughs> well <laughs> I'm, I'm relieving kerr so she's yeah. <laughs> constantly uh we, we have data center travel now so everyone can band together that's a frosty whole other thing to talk about all right so a lot of interesting <laughs> stuff are happening now and are coming up within the next month or so that's absolutely worthwhile uh conversation pieces and so that's this is a great month for me uh, I, I'm I'm hoping that we can do this and we can see if doing this show every week, if it's going to be that much of a burden towards everything else that's going in life. Hopefully not, because this is so fun. I f this has been like, this last 10 minutes, last 30 minutes or so, has been bliss. You guys don't Welcome even back, understand. Man. Welcome back. <laughs> Welcome back, Frosty. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Uh, that being said, one of the most... I don't know. I don't even know if it's interesting, but I guess it is. It's like watching, it's like watching um, trash TV. I feel like in some regard, it's this drama yes. with a billboard. Oh God! I it's love just... this. I'm not gonna lie. I've been living. This has been so wild. This is the third time I've had to talk about this damn billboard. I'm sure it's been talked about so much by now, right? Uh, yeah. And so. For the few people who might not actually know what's going on, can somebody explain what 
the billboard situation is? Happy so nobody, wants to, yeah. nobody wants no, to do happy, it. Happy, okay. should, do, happy should start first, yeah. Okay, yeah, I, fine. I starts. All right, so there are many role-playing venues throughout the various servers of Final Fantasy XIV. They range from cafes and nightclubs to just chill hangout spots, but one in particular decided that their customer base, they needed to expand it. So they put up billboards in Texas and allegedly California. I'm not sure of the validity of that claim. Uh, Real-life billboards with their Discord link, Twitch link, and a bunch of Final Fantasy XIV assets, which is incredibly weird because of all the people that would see the billboard, it would definitely not be people on the highway. It would be people online. So, there's a lot of controversy around the use of Square Enix assets on a public physical billboard on top of some data mine and modded aspects of the screenshot in question, as well as the potential of an 18-plus service that said nightclub in-game offers, which isn't mm. disclosed. That's pretty much that's like a summary right there. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I mean, there's a lot to unpack there. I mean, and this is probably why it's been such a big conversation piece recently. Uh, one, you know, using Square Enix assets, just in general, let's not just say the modded part, let's just say, or the data mine part, just Square Enix logo, like Final Fantasy XIV logo, stuff like that on a billboard in a physical location people can see while they're driving. Um, that's a no-go, right? So... Okay. It, it, it's a gray area of legality from what we've seen from some YouTubes where okay. technically there are certain policies um, where like taking assets from the website or other things that are directly Square Enix or promoting in such a way that it seems as though Square Enix itself is legally backing this could be pursued legally if they chose to. Right. But um, there have been actually some really interesting video breakdowns from lawyers talking about this recently, where really ultimately it's up to their discretion in this regard and whether or not they feel like this has caused damage to their brand or to their overall kind of, you know, the things that they want to be affiliated with 14. Mm -hmm. So it's not strictly it's not strictly illegal, but they're definitely like fair usage doesn't necessarily 100% cover this. And there are a lot of other things that as far as I've seen, that it seems as though make this something where you are at least opening yourself up to the potential of legal action by doing this. Arthur's wants to explode right now. Oh, man. Look, man, I've played this game for so long, Rudy. I can't even, I lost count already, nine, ten years, including one, I don't know. The first thing that came to my mind when I saw the billboard was I thought it was funny. I thought it was spontaneous. Whether legal stuff come in, whether copyright usage come in, whether, I don't even know whether it was, to be honest, there's so many things in the game that even a long-term player like myself, even though I don't really explore the part of the game that much, but I do play the game. When I look at the billboard, when I look at the character model, it never occurred to me that anything in there raise even like a red flag to me. I just thought it was funny. I thought it was spontaneous. I was like, wow, you know what? I, I should check out the event. And on the billboard itself, it didn't give me any vibe or information that that also includes ERP service. That is after you join the Discord. I mean, they, they have the whole Discord link there, right? But 
on first look, looking at just the billboard, as, as from an advertisement, you know, looking as like a consumer, looking at an advertisement, I thought that was I thought that was funny. I thought that was good. So my first impression was, I'm going to check this place out just because I think it's fun. And also data center, they know what they were doing. They, they choose the perfect time to put it up. You got data, uh, data uh, DC travel coming in. So I thought it was brilliant. I thought overall, I looked at it, I was like, this guy know what they are doing. It's pretty smart. But then when the moment I go to in uh, 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 Twitter, right, and then I start streaming and then people start talking about this, the first thing that came out wasn't about, are you going to check out the event? It looks fun. It's about all this legal stuff that people is talking about. And then I was sitting here like, yo, Square Enix has got, Square Enix or Final Fantasy XIV or even Yoshi P himself got 10,000 other things to worry about, man. I don't think they were specifically, now, of course, I'm not saying that they didn't do anything wrong. Based on the explanation that, you know, you guys talk about, yes, it's great, it's TOS, it is. But what I'm trying to say is, I don't think they will, or I don't think they should really go in. What, what are they going to get out of this? Are they going to sue those people? Going to spend tens of thousands of dollars to sue those people? And what are you going to get out of it? I don't think there's anything malicious into it. I don't think there's anything such a big deal about it, right? And then you go to Reddit, you go to Twitter, and then you see all those Reddit lawyers came out, talk about how much it costs, what are the potential damages. Oh, they're going to go down. I'm like, no, it's not going to go. Square Enix is most likely going to give a call to the billboard if they haven't already. Take it down. We think it's uh, a, a little bit crossed the line. Can you take it down? I don't think they will go to the fact that, please give me the details of the person. We need to track them down. We need to suit. No, I don't think so, right? And then the billboard guy is probably like, yeah, sure, okay, bring it down. And that's pretty much the end of the story already. But somehow... It went that far that so many people have so many say into it, mm. especially like lawyers. And to make things even worse, if you go to the venue, people are actually harassing the whole FC. It's actually crazy. Now, I think in, okay, for if this is just Crystal Data Center, right? Or this is just like the RP community, right? Most of the RP players will look at it and like, that's fun. Let's go check it out. But those people who don't even do RP at all, for those people who just play Final Fantasy, they look at it, they will be pounding on it, they go to the side, they create alts, they create characters, they make a stand. That's harassment. It's funny how the community think that this bunch of people are doing the wrong thing and then they themselves take it in their own hand to do things that also break the TOS. And I'm sitting here like, what are you guys trying to do? And then of course, again, back to Twitter, I legit seen people say, this guy deserve it. They advertise it. They wanted the attention. Here's the attention that you get. Uh, I don't think I did anything wrong. I'm sitting here like, these people can't even tell black and white. I, I And rather than saying that the billboard created a controversy, I would say the community took this the wrong way and then do something that is wrong themselves and they themselves think they were given, they, they themselves think that they were empowered because of the billboard because of the owners that fucked up, rather than they themselves don't realize that they are actually the one making a big deal and then making this whole situation worse than it is. Tomorrow is going to get worse. Actually, not tomorrow. Eight it's hours the, later. The, yeah, it's today. <laughs> yeah. I'm telling you, it's yeah, going to get worse. This, this event is going to have people who truly want to go there and enjoy, and then this event is going to have haters, and then this event is going to have a lot of odds. This event is, this event is going to peak this whole drama later in eight hours later. I, I expect a lot of reporting today. I expect a lot of people going to get banned today. I expect a lot of people saying dumb shit, shouting dumb shit, doing dumb shit in game. And I expect a totally expect a GM to show up today. So I'm 100% going to be there for that. I, yeah. You're going frosty? <laughs> Are you going happy? 
No, so we should, no. We should no. Get him no. I'm not. I'm not going. So for me, the fascination about this strictly came from how close it came to being accurate within the material usage rights. Because that, and that's why, because I actually tweeted at Legal Eagle, who is a lawyer who produces legal content, but uh, someone who actually does gaming related legal content, Hogue Law, produced a 45 minute breakdown of all the legal documents involved and, and laws that could maybe have been crossed the line. Even he said, at worst, they tell him to take it down. Like it's, it's, it's so close to being allowed that it's just kind of a shock to the system, if anything, that somebody would go this far for, you know, an in game venue at most. Uh, and that's that's really all it was for me. But I don't I, to the thing of people feeling empowered. We see this not just in Final Fantasy fourteen. This has kind of just been the internet for the last however many years. And it's strange how much people look to validation of other people in situations like this, or they want to feel empowered or validated in situations like this. And it's I I just I don't understand the fascination or the power trip with it. It's, it's, it's a whole nother topic on top of the billboard itself that we could do a whole show about if we really wanted to, but it's, yeah. it's, it's nuts. And that's why people say inf- influencers, as much as some people may hate the term, need to be careful about even the little things that they say or do. If an influencer were to hop on this and go over there and be like, hey, come join and, and harass or something, it would be a disaster. But these people did it without that. So it's just oh, so many avenues, so many... It's sad, too, because so many of the people involved in this didn't even know this was happening, right? Like, you you hear so many of the FC members who are just going, like, we didn't even know they were getting billboards. And I've talked a little bit about this when it's come up, even on stream and stuff. The fact that, like, I'm not that surprised that somebody did it. Because look at recently how big of a thing it's been on social media, like with Twitch and with gaming companies, to be like, hey, we're going to feature a creator on a billboard. We've had these big campaigns with like Twitch where in Times Square they've been putting people up on billboards. And then you see on social media people taking pictures like, look, I'm on a billboard. Um, you know, like I, I got to do a mental health campaign with ArenaNet and Guild Wars 2 and was on a billboard and was like, this is so cool. So like... We all want to see the things we care about, I think, get recognition or feel like we've left some little part of ourselves in the world, you know? So I'm not that surprised that eventually somebody decided to go, hey, we want to do this ourselves and just make it happen. So in that regard, I don't necessarily think it's all that wild. Um, I mean, yes, granted, I think especially as content creators, we spend so much time worrying about, like, what is going to get DMCA'd? What's going to be taken down? What's going to get copyright striked? What's going to... So when I saw this happen, it was amusing to me because I was like, they just did it. They just YOLO. I would have spent a whole year worrying about this, like, and they just did it. Mm. And I actually found this all to be really educational even that I saw that that's the video I was referring to Haps the one by Hug Law or Hug Law H O E G is I think his name um and I thought it was so fascinating even listening to his breakdown of copyright in terms of service cuz he goes through all the different affiliated documents so like if you yourself are a creator and you're curious about these things I would suggest even just watching that video from that standpoint because this doesn't just apply to billboards it applies to everything right it applies to any usage even if you're just somebody who's trying to get Tumblr famous for screenshots or Twitter, you know, you're trying to like have some sort of fan account. There's a lot of interesting things in that. But um, as everybody's pointed out, I mean, like, don't harass people. Like if Square Enix wants to take action, they have more than enough money and power to take action on this. Like we don't yeah. have to do it ourselves. If something exactly. comes like, up, I'm, I'm just sorry, report. I'm sorry. No, go. <laughs> 
I'm sorry because I totally agree. Like the, all these things, they are professionals. Like like Rook says, if Square Enix want to take action, it's up to Square Enix. It's not up to you. It's not up to you. You want to attend the event, you go for it. You don't think it's uh, the most. I think maybe you can do is you report it, right? If you think you don't know or you you are wondering, you report it. Let them let them do it. Don't go and do it yourself. Don't use it as a justification to be toxic to them and want to shut it down. At the end of the day, they are just, like, like Rook says, they just YOLO it because maybe they also have the passion with the game. Would I have done it? Maybe. Would I have done it without thinking? Maybe not. But if you think about it from just a player standpoint, yo, data center is coming in. Yo, we have this event coming up. Fuck it, let's put a billboard. It will be funny, right? You know what I mean? Like, it's spontaneous. It's bold. But if it crosses the line, Square Enix, if one, they want to take care of it, they have all the lawyers, they have all the rules to, 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 to go take action. Us as a player, whether you attend or you not, you report, that's totally fine. I, I'm surprised. I'm not sure when this billboard came up. Yesterday, when I go do PF with Zeno on Crystal, right? I just happened to log out there because I want to, be, uh, like I said later, I want to be there. So I log out there, right? I'm surprised even until today, there was still movement going on. Apparently, there were people shooting cannons in it, people putting baits on it. There's like alts with like a uh, 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 pool's close standing on there. I'm like, you can't do that, man. You just you just can't do that. That that's legit harassment. I'm I'm not sure whether the FC will take action. I hope they do, but we'll find out later. Yeah. I mean, this gets into like that funny territory too. I mean, it's we've all created some sort of Twitter ad or something and had assets on it and not like ad maybe, but like posted on Twitter. We posted stuff and it's technically not our assets, right? Uh, so there's probably some gray in there too but we don't really think about it. One of the big things about this is that it's an ERP event, right? And well, it's so, not an event. That that free yeah. company has a service that you can enlist okay. according to their Discord. But the okay. event itself is the, not it's like not the event. Yeah. yeah. Okay, all right. So yeah. they're selling ERP services, which I think at least Mike, you were in the room with me during FanFest, which one Oh was? no, not this again! Oh, I don't want to remember is... this, the stupid question from FanFest. Oh, the brothel question. Because they, they oh, actually no, brought it up. It was 2018, it was 2018. I remember. And we oh, all know what question you guys talking about. There yeah. was we so at North American Fan Fest, yeah, we had we yeah. we, we had a freaking media event. We all got to just ask open form questions and some guy from a website that barely anybody cares about because it just asked <laughs> dumb shit like this decided to ask about brothels in Final Fantasy 14. And he and it wasn't even that he asked. He got an answer and he just kept going like, okay, but okay, but okay, but and finally, I don't remember who said they said, you're done. And then they moved on to another question because the dude was so annoying. And all of us were like, I remember <laughs> who was I sitting next to? Mary? He's like, I've never wanted to punch someone in the face before in an event like this. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I was... think this guy's gonna get jumped after. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, it was it was bad. It was really bad. And uh, Yoshida had to give the most like straight answer he could. Talk about the legalities and how the countries have things. To it was so long. It took up so much valuable time uh, and actual real questions or from real questions. And so it just reminded me of that because you know I guess Square Enix has to think about that in some way, shape, or form uh, as well. Is that this is technically something that's a little bit of a weird area. Uh, even in game, uh, 
that, that this stuff happens, and it just highlights that, and it puts like that kind of shade on the game <laughs> again. It did. They did address it, right? In the TOS, they did talk about it, right? Like consent, private. They did say yeah. something about it, right? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, and like that's the thing that I'll say, right? Like, so I do everything in the game from role playing to hardcore end game content, like, and recently PvP as well, which I couldn't say before, but now I really do everything. <laughs> so I, um, I, I enjoy it all, right? And I honestly think, like, as somebody who also really enjoys tabletop, who really enjoys collaborative, you know, endeavors and writing and creativity with people. I have seen some of the coolest events in this game. I have seen role-playing across the board from, you know, like very, very PG stuff to stuff that is more mature for whatever reason, be that violent or be that something like violence or something like ERP, right? And to me, it's like, no matter what in every game you play, there are going to be adults that play this game. The way that those adults want to connect and want to talk or want to create stories or want to whatever, explore whatever about them. Like there are so many things that you might want to explore within the safety of parameters of a fantasy world. Um, you know, that's fine with me. I, I don't really believe in the shaming of stuff like ERP. Like do what you want to do. Do it with consent. Do it with people who are old enough. Like, But the big thing that we all have to remember, and this goes for everything from mods to this, right, is that like this game is a public service. There is a wide range of people engaging in this game of a wide range of ages and that like we all need to be discreet. So the big thing with this is that even with stuff like you apply for Discord partnership, right? You can't have any mature stuff on your Discord. You can't have a mature lock channel. Like your chances are much lower of getting in in the terms of games like this, right? If you're going to be advertising something or publicly putting yourself out there or even visibly having stuff like mods displayed, they have said time and time and time again that many things that are in a gray area or technically not allowed by terms of service, they may not choose to stop, but if you drive them to the point where they have to, because it's again affecting the public image of the game or getting into legality issues in countries where like, like Yoshi, uh, Yoshi P said, like that could cause problems for them. That is when they will take action. So I always just encourage everybody. I mean, one, even with this billboard stuff, this is not reflective, whatever you think of it, of the role-playing community as a whole. And there is so much interesting creativity in this community. They do so many unique community building events and it's so much fun. Um, to make your own content within this incredible world. But like at the same time, you know, engage in what you want to engage in, but do it discreetly. Don't get it to the point where everybody's fun gets stopped, you know, because like it's become so visible or such a contentious problem in the community that it has to have action taken against it. So stuff like this billboard as well, I think brought into question how visibly we demonstrate or to some extent flaunt, although, you know, I mean, it, you know, the things that, Square Enix might allow us to do, and this has been a hot topic with even third-party tools discussions recently and other stuff as well. And on one more note, the people standing outside harassing do not also represent the community. They definitely represent themselves, because this happened with Asmin, where people were going and following. And her. People, it's just this subset of, like, I don't know what goes on through this thing between the ears, but there's just it's just a subset of people in the world, and we have them here too, yeah. that are representative of it. So as funny as a great community, by the way, is these people will do it to any event they possibly could. That's just who they are. So 
It's damn them, report them, and yeah, the, I hope the FC is as meme as meme as many memes as we've gotten. FC should definitely mm. go out of their way to pick up some names and uh, report. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, this whole situation has just been the Final Fantasy fourteen again. Trash TV to watch on Twitter and see how things were going. And if people get banned, Square Enix has full authority to ban whoever the hell they want and do whatever they want. Uh, so if they feel like something is not good for their game, they'll they'll take their action the way that they want to. If they don't want their game associated with what was on that bill, billboard, they'll handle it. <laughs> they yeah. they are a big company. <laughs> they can really do whatever they want. Uh, does everyone keep calling them a small indie company? Then I don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I'm gonna try something. Uh, a handful of people know uh, that this has started recently. Uh, Mog Talk has had this as an option, and so uh, we're gonna try the ad incentive revenue thing. I know people hate it. People, you know, if, if it's too shitty, we'll throw it in the garbage and everything else. But we're gonna try that on the podcast. We're gonna try it in format. It does look like I have some level of control. Go ahead. Yeah. 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 Just remember, you're helping the baby, so no I'm, complaining. Oh yeah, that's kind of it. Is uh, that and the three thousand dollars for AC I'm having to spend. Uh, but that being said, uh, I'm going to try this real quick, see if I can manage this ad break thing to work well with the Mog Talk concept. And that means taking a quick break. So guys, we'll be back in like four-ish minutes, three to four minutes. Uh, so hang tight while I press this button. Hope everything works. Uh, if you don't, if you're subbed, you'll hear wonderful pulse music. All right. Be right back, guys. Yay. Oh, hold on. Now. Break time. I got it. I got it. Welcome back, everybody. I hope that wasn't too painful. It seemed to go pretty well from what I could see. We're all back and alive. Uh, we had lots of really interesting conversations that you guys didn't get to hear. Uh, and I'm so sorry about that. But you know what? Just how, it's how it is, man. This how it is. Um, so other things that I want to talk about. Well, we, we've done 40 minutes of Billboard. <laughs> so we're going we're gonna to let it sleep for a little bit. Oh. Happy doesn't care if we're not talking about billboards, apparently. So we're just <laughs> I was gonna... like, this is all I wanted to talk about today. Bye. Yeah, yeah. I'm out. <laughs> I'm out. Um, but there are some interesting things. Oh, the cat, of course. Uh, we might spend the rest of the show just talking about cats. We could do that, too. Cat um, <laughs> girls at the billboard event would probably be a very interesting topic. Um, <laughs> but that being said... There's one huge thing that I wanted to uh, hit is I, I'm trying to figure out the order. I'm going to go with story. I want to talk a little bit about the story. We don't have to go in a really in-depth conversation because I do have a show planned for that at the end of the month, by the way. Secret and insider information for everybody watching right now. Um, we have a pretty interesting show coming up near the end of the month talking about story. And uh, it's probably one that people who have followed the story shows with Mock Talk would be interested in uh, watching. That's all I'll say. Uh, but Saga's ended, right? We're, we're done with this whole Heidelin versus Zodiac thing, and this happened way back in December. We were done with that, but we never had a show on it to really talk about it. Then we had the next patch, which went forward a little bit and showed us kind of the direction that we're going. I, Arthas, you've been keeping up with the story too, haven't you? Uh, not really, but I mean... Really? The last, the last two expansion, I've been like a little bit more into because it's the finale, right? I want to know how right. it wraps up, right? So I do like actually 
check out a few cutscenes, actually replay a few times. Like, okay, I can't see through the whole expansion story, obviously. Like, like since Shadowbringer, since I started mm-hmm. to want to care, I can't. So it's like, I play my main, I see a few cutscenes. So it, it, for me, it's very fragmented, right? I play my main, I see this part. I play my second, oh, I see this part. And then I play my last, oh, I see this part. And then after that, I'm like, oh, okay, I get a whole picture, I guess. So that's how usually I go by it. I don't like go all the way from the start to the end. You know, I, I do a bit here, I do a bit there. So for me, yes, I do have an idea what is going on, but obviously I'm not the expert, so. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, well, uh, I'm not the expert either. I, I, I skim it, I'm probably better than you do. I do a lot better job with the story, I think, than you do, Arthas, from the sounds of it. But that being said, I know Happy's definitely very involved with the story, right? Yeah, and Rook's very yeah. involved with the story, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. So, by the way, spoilers. But if anybody cares about spoilers with the most recent patch, they're here. Uh, so my understanding is it seems like we're heading towards the dark shadow realm of the 13th in some way, right? Maybe. Mm-hmm. It, would, it would appear that way. Okay, that's what it looked like, yeah. There was a question I had right at the very end of it. Did they tease... They said they weren't going to bring Xenos back, right? That's not yeah, Xenos. Yeah. It That's not Xenos. Okay. That the Void sent that uh, f- theoretically became his, like, Reaper fusion. What? That's- you, you, so the Reaper lore is you make a contract with a Void sent, essentially. <laughs> and yeah. But what that Void sent is is a question. Some people think it's your your reflection of the 13th some people think it's just some sort of void scent that has a ether scent. we don't know so this will actually be reaper lore somewhere down the line once we find out what this thing is yeah i'm all aboard the tinfoil hat theory that it's your distorted like ardbert-esque reflection <laughs> on the chart that has been because if he couldn't get you to pay attention to him, I would not put it past Zeno to go to an entirely other realm of existence and find an almost you, but not quite, to then force to be his best friend. I can see that. I can see that. Uh, I don't know. It caught me off guard when I saw that. And I couldn't make sense of it completely because I don't follow it as deeply as you know a lot of other people do. Uh, I haven't got to that part. I, I have not got to that part. You're spoiled, so. Arthas. You're screwed. Sorry, no, 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 man. It's fine. It's fine. Uh, it's fine, it's fine. That's interesting, okay? I ever get to the part, yeah. What's your understanding I assume of... This is, I assume this is 6.2? 6.1. 6.1. Uh, I'm sorry, 6.1? No, I only done until 6.0. I haven't done the 6.1. I haven't finished the story, so... This okay. is new to me. That's, that's You only need to for the new trial, so you might want to catch up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure, for sure. Because, uh... Okay, for me, right? When I finished the uh, 6.0, and then we saw Gobez... And the four fins, right? Obviously, it does seem that we are going to the void, aka the 13, right? Now, here's my problem slash question. Is this a new journey? Or is this still considered a continuation? For me, that is the thing that um, I want to know. Like, you know, usually they go by story, story, story. Oh, and, you know, expansion story end. And then they start building up, building up, building up, finalize it. And then at some point, like point three. They will start the new one, right? So are we now 
did the, the, the Zodiac and the Hyderlin arc really end already? Are we still in it? Are we still finishing the, you know, the remnants of it, the remaining parts of it? And then by 6.3, then we start a new journey? Or mm. is this already begin? So that's my question regarding the law right now, right? Because I'm glad that we are done. But are we still in it? Is no. it going to be new? That's uh, for me. No, they've they, they, they very clear. Point one is the yeah. beginning of the whole of the whole new arc. So okay, there's no like okay. point three final boss technically, like we normally get. Aloha, mm-hmm. I swear <laughs> to God. Yeah. Cat nonsense so, is happening. Uh, you know what's funny? You know, at the end of 6.0, they're like, hey, we're going to, all sides are going to go do their own thing, and you're going to go on this new adventure and make new friends and everything, and then we just start bringing all these guys back in, right? We're like, hey! Exactly! Let's do yeah, another so adventure, guys! guys. <laughs> when, when, don't, don't get me wrong, I like them. Don't get me wrong, I'm not trying to piece the people who like them off, right? But, dude, I really expect brand new NPC. I want to see new faces. I want to see... You know, like, they just play a small part. But every single time I see a quest and then we go find Ishtola sleeping there and then we see the trailer, we still see Estina. I'm like, are we done yet? <laughs> At some point, Alice and, and, and Elfino is going to come back. I'm like, I, I I don't mind that, but I've seen enough of that. I want a brand new one. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, now we we, 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 we are teasing going to the, 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 the... I don't even mind. Like, just now when you guys... That's why I was quite interested at the very beginning part when you guys talk about the voice sending it. I'm like, I don't even mind if the new NPC that will bring us into this so-called, maybe into the 13, I don't even mind whether it's an alternate or mirror version of Zeno. I wouldn't mind Zeno being my friend now, the, the new person that I talk to, the new person that bring me in. I wouldn't even mind that. Rather than, you know, like Frosty say, we keep seeing them back. I, I thought we disbanded already. <laughs> and they're, they're all like, hey, let's be secretive. We don't want people to see us together. <laughs> they do say that in 6.1 even in 6.1 they're like, there's too many of us to, there's too many of us together right i definitely i understand those feelings i guess the way i'm kind of looking at it is i was surprised how quickly they jumped into the void stuff like i won't lie i knew it was coming we had even the like bonus shadow bringers in the role quests that then lead into those like bonus bonus quests and the void quests and everything else so it really seemed like it was on the horizon, but I was surprised that just so quickly they went into it. And I think they kind of wanted to get momentum going so that people didn't feel like, oh, well, the really important stuff is done. And now I guess we just kind of sit here for a while and do nonsense. And then maybe a real plot will happen again. Like, I'm actually glad they went whole ham, but Arthas, I'm right there with you. I really hope we actually get to explore some new characters and go elsewhere. This feels a little bit like them, I don't know, giving a few extra character beats. And I've really loved those character beats with the science. I think they've really, especially for like Ishtola, it felt mm. like we didn't get a whole bunch of really like personality moments with her in Endwalker because they were focusing on a lot of the other ensemble. And she's been such a huge character for so long, you know, but I like that they are giving her some flair. I like that we're getting these little moments and, and story beats, but I'm also hoping that this is like Heidelin Zodiac is done. So all of this stuff that's looking back on the past, like the source of the world, the history, the ancients, everything, is essentially resolved. And that now we're looking forward to the future with like how we save these shards and how we create our own world moving forward. So I'm, I think that's kind of what they're doing, but it definitely still feels more tied to a lot of that other lore and stuff they've been building to uh, in a way that I wasn't expecting so fast, honestly. Hmm. You know, so happy you play FF11 as well, right? I, 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 I still do, occasionally. Yeah. 
I never I don't have a chance to ask Happy this before. I always feel that for Final Fantasy 14, the longer it drags like this, the more it for me, I feel it hurts the game. Because there's too much dependency on the previous experience. Now, 6.0 is so-called done with this first saga. I was hoping that 7.0 will be brand new, just like how Final Fantasy XI usually do their expansion. You know how Final Fantasy been doing XI it that way in a while, I can tell you that much. Yeah. The last two expansions but, for eleven have been continuations. Yeah, but the beginning, don't you realize that for me, it's, it's how an expansion should be. You go to a new continent, a new story, new NPC, and then you come back and then, you know, I always felt like that is just better for the game, right? But, I mean, we, I talk about this for like nine years. Fine. Now this saga ends great. Now we go into the new one. But looking at 6.1, looking at how they are, you know, the science broke up and we go back. It makes me feel like, oh God, it's... So next time if 7.0 begin and new players want to play, are we going to tell them, okay, you will need to go through a Realm Reborn? You know, like... Yeah. It, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Uh, so the the big thing, I mean, so Final Fantasy XI does a lot of fragmented stories, but they do reuse characters. Um, we see that with Shantoto and Treasures of Otter Gone. We see that with the Xylart being present in Chains of Promethea. Um, and even when they finally went to Secrets of Adolin, they caught they often backtrack to other characters. Mm-hmm. Um, I rather enjoy having characters that don't feel like they're just dropped because they want to do something new because these characters still exist. And if their interests still align, then I'd prefer to see them continue in the story, especially ones that are absent for long periods of time or haven't gotten much uh, in the way of character development or very limited. Um, Varshan and Vritra definitely high on that list. So they are really the, the big character. I think that's development expands a lot in patch 6.1. And I think that's the focus while we have some scions along with us because they are still, you know, interests still align. And Estinian, we all expected because of Farshan mm. and Freetra. Um, I'd prefer to have that continuity than to not, because now we're not, they're not all pursuing one goal. They're all pursuing their own goals and they're seeking each other's help in, in achieving that because they're still the people they trust the most at the end of the day, as opposed to brand new people. But I suspect as time goes on, we do meet more people. We do meet new people. We have, and we still will. Uh, it's just in smaller chunks and not like a complete clean slate. Mm-hmm. I agree. It's so tough because, Arthas, I absolutely get what you're saying about it. I think it can be really daunting for new players to come into the game and then feel like suddenly there's this huge wall of continuous story or like, We've seen more and more over time that they are adding in even more ties of, you know, well, now this is a requirement for this, which is a requirement for this. So it's like you have to do all of the main story, which is already pretty lengthy, and then all of the side content as well. And for players like me that love story and love narrative and love that, like, really intense RPG linear narrative experience, I think it's a huge boon. But for many other players who want to get involved in the game and might just not want to have to spend those months catching up or like, you know, running through or they just really don't like story when they start, but maybe they come around to it. It can be something that's really daunting. So I've seen in like other MMOs that idea of almost more episodic expansions or like campaigns being really effective in that regard. But I've also seen it be something where then it's almost like you're completely detached. You know, you know, every single thing is its own isolated thing. And like Haps was saying, characters that were hugely important just vanish and never ever have anything happen with them ever again. Parts of the world just completely die because that story and that zone aren't relevant at all to like the later expansions or stuff like that. 
So I think that this is a good point for them to do something like this. Like at some point in the game's lifespan, just like you said, they'll have to do like a cut where I think that players can skip ahead and still know what's happening to some extent and not feel as though, I mean, I think 14 as a beast is always going to have these ties and it's part of why I love it as in like the strong narrative continuity. But I do agree that like at some point with these chapters of these like mega stories, I think they'll have to have better entrance points for players who then can go back and play through if they love it and they want to, you know, do the other stuff. Um, and I thought this might be a cleaner cut too. It's tough because personally, I love it, but I know a lot of other people who have found that to be like a really big deterrent for them when what might actually be their entryway into the game is like the combat, the encounters, the, you know, actual gameplay itself as opposed to the story. PvP. PvP. <laughs> you can say that now and we won't, we won't disagree. Everyone's still laughing, but, you know, we don't yeah. disagree technically anymore. Uh, you know, I'm going to say one other note that is... Side comment, I, I do like the story, I do like kind of what they're doing and everything else. Uh, but the one thing that I, uh, I noticed, and I'm trying to just make sense out of it, is that we went into a vault to get treasure to help out a city, and we are like, alright, we're gonna get that. Then we get to the end and we feel really bad about it. And then, instead of us like giving treasure to the city, they're like, oh yeah, it's our treasure, we're gonna pull it at some time. You know, at some point we're gonna bring it out and help everyone. I guess this, now's a good time. We're here. Like, it felt kind of weird because I felt like they could have pulled that card a little bit before we went into that dungeon when those struggles were already happening. Yeah? Yeah, I mean, it's pretty well explained. Varshan, in, in his time, sure. explains that what, what all of that amassed treasure is, is technically for. Yeah. But, for, yeah, he's, he's right. He's like, yeah, I guess now might be the right time given the hardship that everyone's going through. Not to mention his secrets out. So he definitely is like, ah, I need to, he needs to get rid of the treasure there to make sure nobody else tries to go there either. Yeah, so, I mean, like, it. people have been dying trying to get this treasure for a while, man. People have been kind of just throwing themselves at it and disappearing. And then, like, in the end, he's like, all right, I guess somebody got here. Now that you, all right. And then he just like gives. I, I just don't get. <laughs> I don't get why he did it. He can't it. say no. Don't do it because people are still gonna do it. He knows he can't stop. And legends over time, generally. I mean, we also don't know exactly why they vanished, right? I mean, there's like the void portal there. We. I would assume it's because of the guardians on the island, and that like as people try to invade it, they are killed, right? Which you would think that maybe he would try to like let loose some gossip, some hot goss or something that's like, there's no treasure there, only death, and that people would stop going. Yeah. But I mean, it is like a really dangerous place. And if somebody found it, they could misuse it really horribly, right? Like widen that little tear in the realities or mm -hmm. um, use it to their own benefit. So I guess I know why. Um, I mean, I won't lie. I honestly thought this was one of my favorite starting patches. Because it did feel like some of the ones leading up to Endwalker um, got a little bit like, well, but we're saving the good stuff for Endwalker. And I was like, there's good stuff here and there's interesting moments, but like, please just give me something to actually really get excited about and like chew on and like feel like the action is really already going. Um, mm. And there were moments like that, but I have really enjoyed this fresh start. I loved the treasure aspect just because I think we had that little 11 throwback, but also it gives you that sense of, I think, classic adventure narratives right like we're gonna go out and look for treasure and then we find out something else but there are definitely some little weird things with it for sure yeah 
Well, we can we can pause on that and we'll do a heavy analyst later. I just wanted to talk about it because it was top of mind. Because I did I did go back and do this story so I could feel a little bit more caught up. Uh, and this is when my AC was still here. Uh, so I, I actually wow. had a. Big... You actually caught up. You actually caught up more than me already. Yeah, dude. Hey, yeah. you knew about Golbez. That's six point one. <laughs> I mean, I saw the cutscene. So yeah. Wait, is that? I thought that, that was that's six point one. Yeah, 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 six point one. That's after the I dungeon. Stopped, I, yeah, I stopped after the dungeon. I didn't finish it though. So I finished the dungeon and I saw that. <laughs> yeah, so I just stopped there. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm glad they're bringing four fiends in, though, because I'm that was like excited. a big thing. <laughs> I, I was super excited. Like when when Ann Walker was released, they 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 showed the moon yada yada, right? I was like, FF4 must be FF4 should be the team for this expansion, and then we didn't see it, right? And then suddenly now, when I saw the you know my my chat told me, oh, you must watch the cutscene after the dungeon because I'm like, I just want to do the dungeon. L remember I said earlier, I usually do the first time I skip everything. The second time when I do the all, I will see a bit, and then I mean for this type of like point one patch are usually on my oh we'll see everything but then they were like oh you need to see the next one you need to see the next one you've been talking about ff4 right you need to see the next one. okay sure and then i saw it i was like oh my god i hope it's on the raid but it's most likely going to be trials so mm. yeah the raid seems like something completely different at the moment sure is yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's most likely trials right yeah i'm okay as, as, as you know I, I i love ff4 so much so I mean, how do you guys feel about the current rating scene in Final Fantasy XIV? Mm. Where do we, where do we begin? Arthur's and <laughs> I are gonna have very, I think Arthur's and I are gonna have very different opinions because he does a lot more Party Finder than I do. I think I'm gonna also. I mean, I yeah, I'm excited to hear what everybody has to say. Um, I, I mean, I guess I'll go first. I'll start things off on a positive note here <laughs> before yeah, we get we into the nitty gritty. Yeah. <laughs> um, I honestly feel like. As far as the like overall community engagement with rating in general right now and visibility of rating, I think we really are at like an all-time high in the game. The ultimate that came out was so good. It wasn't just good from like a difficulty standpoint, but it was also so good from a narrative watching standpoint, right? People who wanted these moments of revelation, even if they may never raid themselves, were able to witness this incredible journey. Frosty, it was so much fun casting it with Ooh. Mog Talk and with everybody. Like, I will never forget that moment when Zepp and I were watching when the first time rewind happened on the stream. Sorry, yeah, to, not to rub it in, but oh, also it was so much fun. What a bummer you couldn't be there. Mm -hmm. um, no, <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. We were. Wait, really was it the one? That was it? Was it? Was it? Was it the? Was it my clip that you and Zeppelin was watching? I think it was. I think it might have been. Yeah. You hit it first and then rewound. Yes, we were. Oh my god! It blew my it. mind. It, it was blew my so mind. cool. And watching everyone be so excited was amazing um that was incredible and with the actual savage raid before that because i got to cast that too um i think that that first tier especially at a time when we were seeing many players coming from other games to 14 we were seeing this huge spike to the point that they were having to expand servers right i thought it was a really good tier to get people into final fantasy 14 rating like that first fight feels forgiving in a sense it feels like i saw so many people trying it out people who were have never raided before who were like i really want to get into this i really want to give it a go and who now have like gone through the whole tier um it felt like a good demonstration minus the orange on orange on orange of like the range of mechanics and thematic stuff within 14. so overall i feel like 
we're in a good place as far as I'm gonna have a siren go by here in a second. It's okay. Uh, we live in the city. Sorry, it's so noisy here. Um, but I feel like we're in a good place as far as people being able to get into raiding, having stepping stones, even stuff like the um, oh, the new Unreal fights they've been doing, having stepping stones to get into raiding, and then seeing really, really competitive, top-tier, high-end gameplay. Now, as to like other stuff, I will pass it over to everybody else to discuss, but I think that before you can get into any of that nitty-gritty stuff, you have to have a community that's even at all excited about it, and excited to do it, and excited to empower players to do it, because if nobody's playing the content, it just dies, <laughs> you know? like. So I think we're in a good spot in those regards right now in 14. Okay. Arthur's happy. Which one are you guys? Arthur's. Gonna... Definitely okay. Arthur's first. Arthur's. Mine's, oh. I'm closer to her, and I know Arthur's is not going to be on this. Okay, okay. Okay. If we talk about, okay, let's talk about Savage first, right? I think this Savage, for first tier, I think it's okay. Overall, I think it has been a long time before we get four turns of decency, right? The last time I can think of, honestly, is... Way, 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 way back. Wow, so way back. I, I can't even like immediately pinpoint what was the like. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm not talking about like a specific turn. I'm talking about the whole rate here, right? This pandemonium turn one all the way to turn four felt actually felt very progressive. Actually felt fun. Like now replayability sadly doesn't just go down into clearing the fight. It also sometimes go into like passing. It also sometimes go into like optimizing. So in those sense, a lot of players will say that these tiers suck. But if I were to go with uh, Rook's uh, sentiment, right, I think this raid here really bring in a lot of players to raid. Like the recent Lucky Bancho, the JP website that uses Lotstone information, right? They uses active Lotstone uh, uh, data updates to, you know, cal calculate uh, active players. And then they, they did, up to this point, the clear rates, although not accurate, but you can com you compare it to years, you compare it to since um, Delta's game. This is, again, yet another increase of players that attempt Savage and players who clear Savage. So in a way, it does feel like more and more people, like even NA, I'm not just talking about JP. JP, like if you talk about Gordius, where we begin the first Savage, Gordius, you are talking about 15% JP clear, 5% NA clear compared to active player. Today, we have 30% JP clear, almost 20% NA clear. It's actually quite substantial. It's like basically saying more and more players are attempting it and more and more players are clearing it, you know? So I think this rate here, and also we, you, you talk about Endwalker, you got so many people coming in to play the game, the WoW players, the new players. So I do think this rate here succeeded in that. But in terms of like design, this is where I might, I might, I might step on some tails here. I feel this rate here aesthetically and maybe even consider the music. No disrespect to Soken or anything, right? I feel like they could improve it a lot more. As good as the raid here is bringing people into raid, but I mean, it's new. Like, it's a Final Fantasy XIV original, 100%. It's, I, I think it's okay, but I felt like, it, it's funny how we always ask for it. We want something original, and then they finally did it. Then you realize that, ugh, something's off. Now, this is only the first raid here. This is only the first rate here. I don't want to give it too much criticism. I think it's okay. But I think there's a lot of improvement for them. And I hope that we will see it in the second rate here. Hopefully. Hopefully. Now that's Savage. Ultimate. This is probably the best ultimate they've ever done. 
I don't know whether they can make anything better than this. It's not just about the law, the story thingy that Ruth was talking about, but also the difficulty. And honestly speaking, it's not difficult. If you look at it at a, every single phase, right? I don't think this ultimate has got like a really difficult mechanic like wormhole. Like um, from Heaven's Fall all the way to Grand Octet. Before we, you know, thank LB Cheese Grand Octet. But if you think about it, Every ultimate has got this really tough period. Um, and then you got the um, Titan Jail and Suppression. But this ultimate didn't feel like we have a crazy mechanic as crazy as those. But this ultimate is from the first minute to the last, you, you, you can't afford to slip up. It's very punishing. You cannot take one second of focus away. There's no autopilot in this whole 18 minutes, right? When you do Wu, when you do U-Corp, when you do T... There's autopilot, 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 uh, uh, wormhole, autopilot, 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 jail. Oh yeah, we get past jail, autopilot. You know what I mean? This ultimate is just full focus. It's not difficult mechanically, but the different demand makes it. Like I never thought they can raise the bar in a way and, and, and they continue to do. That's why for me, right? Ultimate is the only thing for me that I really care about because ultimate is the only thing I feel that the development developers still have what it takes. To raise the bar and this one definitely takes the cake right i don't know how they're gonna make the next one harder i i i don't know what else they can do to they, they can definitely make this harder but i don't know whether they they want to like i say right this ultimate don't have like crazy mechanic like wormhole if they can make it the ultimate this way where consistency matters and then implement more of those like wormhole mechanics this, they're going to raise the bar but i don't know whether they can do it i don't know whether i'm prepared for it i would love to see it but i know in this community a lot of people is like okay this is it this is where they draw the line it can't be harder than this i'm not sure whether they say it because they don't want to spend more time on it or they are just relieved that it's just difficulty i want to see it get harder i want the next ultimate actually to be harder my ideal savage is where wolf first would take six days to clear and then for the rest of the hardcore we try to get a week one for ultimate, I am hoping that we get a two weeks wolf first and then like a one month hardcore. Now, a lot of people say I'm crazy, but I want the game to reach that high because I'm just an end game player like that, right? But, if, but here's the thing, if you compare it to Savage, this ultimate is so good. And then this Savage is just entry level first here. And I don't have problem with it, but I think that it can be better. Where is the second Savage going to be? How are they going to hit the spot where the second Savage is going to be a nice progression and then we can just forget about the ultimate and then we were like, oh, this is a good Savage. Because at the moment, right, in this game, right, if I'm not doing Dragon Song right now, I don't, I feel very empty in terms of raiding. Do I still want to do Savage? Do I still want to go back to do old Savage? Unreal, it's fun. But this one raised the bar too high already. And... Rather than the next ultimate raise the bar higher, I think in between the savage also needs to raise the bar. So I'm I'm curious to see how what they're gonna do in this um second savage. And then they have the, the one week stagger. Are they gonna balance <laughs> the fights regarding the one week stagger? So there's a lot of question mark, right? I I, I just need to see this six point two to okay. have a better understanding. I hope yeah. Happy, you want to throw some in? This savage tier, I think, is one of the best savage tiers we've had collectively in quite some time. Um, especially from a prog point. Well, yes, Phoenix is an atrocity to look at. Um, try it in colorblind mode. It's far, far worse. Wait, it's, you uh, are, right? You I, are I have, a little yes, bit, I'm, right? I am, oh, I'm not a little bit colorblind. I, oh, 
I am a disaster. I'm a walking disaster. Go back to turn nine with the golems, and they were all the same color to me until they changed their <laughs> their shoulder pads and everything. Yeah, that wasn't great. Uh, it, it was it was definitely one of the better progs that we've had. It never felt like during prog there was that one that people couldn't stand in that first week. Phoenix came the closest, but I think the encounter progging it was mechanic to mechanic to mechanic improvements there's just a few like what's the point like the birds the first time you see them it's like the teeth i guess i should say it's like why did you just just aim them away that's it that's the whole thing you just aim them away okay i guess we'll need this knowledge later um repeating them i think is largely okay i think it hits this decent middle ground where doing them isn't too much of a hassle or is just enough of a hassle that you kind of don't mind doing it but you also kind of wish it was more exciting to do repeatedly it's not like doing uh what's a good example i actually think uh promise promise was relatively okay to redo there was mm. a there's there was a little bit of a low point but it was almost funny like doing e9s every week because you were like up oh, run spin the roulette wheel how does how does the how does platforms go how do the brambles go but this doesn't really have that this is almost disappointing when somebody starts to screw things up you're like oh my really come on now uh, the next tier will be about 20% stricter checks. That's how they've run it in the past. But as Arthur's has said, um, the big question mark about the one-week delay is bouncing around it. I don't think they would. I think they would sooner de delay tomes and delay crafted gear so they come out at the same time before they bounce around it. I don't think they're going to do either. I think we're going to have a 630 weapon for the final fight in this tier. I think we're going to have full primal weapons. We're going to have a bunch of like body and leg pieces if you have the 900 tomes. I think it's going to come to that, and I think it's going to be about the same as the first tier in terms of the way we end up feeling as we're going through it. But that remains to be seen. As for ultimate... The focus thing is very much true, and it is the sole reason why I haven't seen a single clear that doesn't end in eight people in tears. That's, that's essentially what the encounter has... I've watched every clear. I have not seen someone who wasn't just like about to like physically and emotionally fall apart. People trying to read the end screen with this nice little lore bit that they're trying to do and they're just like i can't even read it i just i'll watch it again at the end room i just i i just uh, <laughs> i don't know it's that's so a draining it's, it's so yeah. draining and that's why i don't think it's wise for them it's not about whether or not they'll ever do it again i'm confident at some point they do raise the bar again I, they understand that player skill goes up that was a big reason why dsr ended the way that it did i think the next one's more of an ultima where it's more based yeah. on this this core puzzle mechanic that you need to solve across the whole fight and not, you know, save Vestinian. I mean, save Vestinian, save Hoshfont. You know, and that's <laughs> kind of like the end of the puzzle, I suppose. It's more of a gimmick than it is anything else. Um, it's just, it's a fantastic fight from beginning to end, but it is such an emotional stress. But you I know, have a different concern about Ultimate going forward. You know, you're gonna say, you, know, you know, it's funny how my JP static, right? And I think a lot of static. I'm pretty sure that includes your static as well. We were sitting here like, it's, it's an ultimate. Let's plan for seven days off. Well, let's not plan just for seven days. Let's prepare just in case it's harder. Let's prepare 10 to 14 days. Sure, let's go. We are all mentally ready. People took off for 10 and 14 days. And then when it really comes down to the 10 day, we sit here and we were like, we prepared for this. But why are we still feeling like this is not what we expected? 
This ultimate, this ultimate really hits very different. We planned for it, we expected it, but when we get it, we didn't expect it to be like that. That's why eventually it became so emotional. Because I'm telling you, man, there were so many times like after the raid day, right? Especially when World First, because this time I was going for World Pro, right? Although it's like my JP team put up a stream team and we all know the, the stigma about when you stream, the chance of it is lower, but we still think that it can get closer. We don't want it to be like T where it's three days and seven days. World first, world second, right? This time it's seven and nine day, I think. World second was nine day or eight day, I don't know. So it, it's a lot better. But like for my team, even though we got fifth, right? It, we were like tr four days behind. And then I was sitting there like on, on raid days when it end, right? Knowing the fact that people already clear, I'm sitting here like, what's next? Now, obviously, the morale goes down. What's next? Are we even going to clear this fight? I mean, I'm not, when I say, are we going to clear this fight? I don't mean like, can we down it? It's like, will people, because this is so draining, will people stay, because a lot of teams will be like, like, like for example, TPS. Oh, shit, World First is out already. We only planned seven days. Ah, let's just go back to casual, right? I don't want that, you know? I want to make sure that we see through it, right? And then every raid day, I'm like, every raid day, when I turn around and get ready to sleep, I'm like a little bit shaken. I'm always like, tomorrow is another day. Hopefully we go through it people and the people don't give up because I really want to finish this fight. All these things build up to the 10th mm. day, right? Which is why I couldn't control myself at the end. I was just glad that it was over, but oh, fuck, man. I, yeah. I want to do it again. I want to do yeah, it again. That's, that's, that's the masochist. So that's because we're Final Fantasy XI. Let's, let's, let's clear the air on this. We played Final Fantasy. That's what it comes down to. We're, we're used to throwing an inordinate amount of time at something, really wishing it was over, but when it's over, wishing that it was still around at the same. Mm -hmm. There's like an empty hole in your life that you don't know what to do with. We call it post-clear depression. <laughs> it's a very, very real thing. And that's when you cope by A, rewatching your own clear, B, rewatching it from somebody <laughs> else's perspective, yes, yes, C, yes. watching other people try to clear it and opening like six Twitch tabs for everyone who's on phase six and seven and just tabbing between them because you don't want to see Thornton or Nidstinian, but you know you have to check anyway because you're sick of seeing Thornton and it's, it's just this whole like mental anguish that goes with it. And, you, and it's, it's not healthy, but we want to do it at the same time. That being said, if the next ultimate is like this, so many more teams are screwed. Because if you look at our schedule for the entire expansion, I'm going to lay it out for anyone who hasn't been keeping up. 6.05, first Savage tier. 6.11, ultimate. 6.2, I guess technically 2-1 now. Savage tier. 6.25, Savage Dungeons being introduced. 6.31, next ultimate being introduced. 6.35, Pals of the Dead Solos are going to take over for some people. 6.4, new Savage tier. 6.45, new Savage Dungeon. 6.55, new Savage Dungeon. No third ultimate. I just, There's too many things happening now that I want to happen, but... If the second ultimate is anything like DSU, I'm going to crumble. And I think a lot of people will, or they just won't have time off because the schedule is so freaking packed at this point. Well, but that's so great, though, because like, Arthur, yes. you were even saying that there are these like lulls, right, in that type of content. And I think yeah. we've seen them realize that, and especially after the delay with the pandemic, right? They did not want to have to delay this ultimate. I think we can all pretty much agree at this point it was worth the wait, even though it was really frustrating in the moment and with everything else that happened, you know? But it's... They have been very conscious, I think, about the fact that for players that are chasing that constant, why am I doing this? I'm suffering so much. Oh my gosh, when can I do it again? Hi, whether you're 11 players or not. They've been conscious that there are these huge drop-offs for them. 
So I think they're trying to put more of a variety of content. And one of the things, even just hearing you both talk about Ultimate, like honestly that I love, is the fact that these Ultimate fights really do, they set the bar super high, but they also like test and show off, I think, the full range of what can be considered difficult in a game, right? You can have something like a sprint difficulty where there is a phase that is so hard and so chaotic or that you have to puzzle out like, you know, with Ultima, right? Where you're going, what? Why is this failing? What's going on? And then you have to try and put these pieces together and try to break apart all of the information. And then you can have stuff like this one where it is a marathon. So the whole thing from beginning to end is about execution, consistency, personal responsibility, and then sustaining all of that through what might be like less mechanically dense phases, but for longer and with absolute precision. And I love that because we need such a huge range of these different types of content. And mm. I'm glad that they're starting to like pace more stuff in. But so much when people think of a fight being hard in an MMO, what they are just thinking about is like meeting your DPS thresholds and there being a lot of really, really hard mechanics. And if the mechanics are super hard and everybody says they're hard, then that fight has to be super, super hard. But when it goes into it, it's like, there are so many ways that you can test stamina, you can test group coordination, even like you were saying, morale, right? The idea of a fight that is so much more of a longer sustain, taking that much more of a toll where you're going like, okay, all right, we're going back in. Did you get some water? All right, let's do this. Because it really does feel like it is exhausting in a way um, to just sustain as a group and do that. And I'm, I can't wait to see what's going to happen with these Savage Dungeons, honestly, because I think this could be a great new like addition into our lineup. But I love just seeing how they're being creative across all these different modes to showcase what endgame PvE can look like in 14, but also MMOs as a whole. Yeah. Do you guys think, do you guys think, okay, I mean, I, I guess it's considered reading as well. Do you guys think this time we get a 48 man savage? No. Number one. No. You really don't think so. I don't think I so. You know, you know, I was thinking about two things, right? I was wondering what is gonna be in 6.5. Now, this is if 6.3 we get the ultimate. Now I believe we will. But again, based on what happened, you know, pre-end walker, I don't wanna say that I, I don't want to be the guy that is like, you know, people like coping. I I I get it. I think we will get it. But what's coming in 6.5 is either one or two things, right? It's, I mean, go by track record. It's either we maybe get a third ultimate in 6.5 or we get a 48 man savage. But I, I, I'm, with, I'm with you guys. I don't know whether this time we get a 48 man savage. But then if no, does this mean that we get a third ultimate or do nope. we just not get anything? You know what you get? You get Criterion 3. We know there's a Criterion Dungeon in 6.5. Yeah, but you, you see the Criterion Dungeon is an addition, right? You think they would chop off something for it? They did, Bobusha. Because if you look at 6.3, it looks like it's addition. And not to mention, they are bringing back Deep Dungeon. So it's like they are retaining content while they are introducing Criteria Dungeon. You think the 48 men will sacrifice for it? I do. I, and I, I yeah. 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 Big Go time, ahead, Brooke. No. You. <laughs> wow, you guys are non-believers? Well, okay, this is the thing. I wish we were. Like, let me be clear. I honestly thought that they were going to continue to develop something like, they spent so long reworking Diadem. Then they went in and they did Eureka. And then they polished that and we got Boja. And 
I, I really thought they were trying to build that towards something that would be like a new type of content that we expect regularly that would be, you know, paced into our patch content. But the fact that in my mind, and I know this isn't always how it works and I don't have inside information, so I could be utterly wrong, but in my mind, we don't usually see anything more than like one zone, one. like a yeah. new zone mappy kind of thing or like Eureka, right? or Boja, and we are getting Island Sanctuary. So in my mind, I'm like, here's this whole new map. So if that's where like our map resources in these patches are going, Ooh. there's that. They haven't said anything about the a Boja, man, Eureka yeah. thing, or a 48-man. And I would think that that would be tied to content like that. I could be wrong. They could surprise us, I guess, and like with these Criterion dungeons, have some kind of like bonus challenge difficulty that's like a much larger scale thing at the end, which I would love because I thought BA, I thought that Savage 20 or the Savage, you know, large scale one was so, so cool to see. And it was really a different kind of take on, again, what we can do in endgame content. But I just, I just don't get this impression. They've been so coy about it. And we see all these resources going into other stuff that I'm excited about. I just don't know if we're going to get it. I don't know. But, the, uh, but this is the... Okay, you you look at Shadowbringer. Shadowbringer was awesome up to 6.2. 6.2 onwards, Shadowbringer start going down, taking a huge dip in terms of like content. But don't you think 6.2 onwards is the part that they can either elevate or they can return like win back the trust, I think. Now, this is really funny coming from me because everybody thinks that I'm a Yoshi P or Final Fantasy XIV hater. I don't. I'm On the contrary, I think... Now, now this is massive copium here. I think 6.3, we're going to get an ultimate. I think 6.4, obviously the thing, uh, yada, yada. Mm. I think 6.5, we can get a 48 man and a third ultimate. And then a criteria dungeon. You guys don't think that's, that's like that's not just copium. That's like you need to be hospitalized and like <laughs> like stuck on a tank and like even you to... don't believe it, Happy? Really? So okay, I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna remind everyone some things that I bet people don't remember. Brooke, you talked about maps. Island Sanctuary and Criterion would both fall under those those map resources. Does anyone else know that we're getting a second island in 6.5 for Island Sanctuary? That is already on the oh, really? thing, yes. There is a oh. whole second island being made for Island Sanctuary. Now, they could scrap that, but that's what their official live stream said back in, what, February? When they did the, the roadmap live stream? Yeah, it confirmed a Criterion dungeon in 0 0.25, 0 0.45, and point. Well, it says in 2x, 4x, 5x, but let's be real. We we got them figured out. Uh, Palace of the Dead and or, you know, new deep dungeon in the 0.3 patch, but it says there's a new island in the 0.5x series. That's more map resources. That's the big reason why, because I don't think they make two islands, three Criterion dungeons, and a new 48 man and or and or a new exploration zone. I think they want to elevate the idea of small groups being able to pull together individuals to participate in content versus the 48 man clusterfuck that was DSR when I overslept for 30 minutes and my raid couldn't do anything or anyone overslept and we couldn't do anything. If we were ever late or someone needed a bathroom break or somebody didn't bring essences or and then I also think about how they preserved the desire to do DSR, and they failed horribly in the reward structure of DSR. 
even DS normal is, is or DRS, 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 yeah, there you go. DRS, DR normal. Um, they failed horribly in the reward structure long term. And I think that's going to be a consideration because I don't think they want to do it like BA again, but they also don't want to. It's, it's too many factors in place. I think we see it again in 7.x. I don't think we see another 48-man savage here, and I don't think we see another exploration zone. Now, Haps, I have something to run by you, and I want to know if you think this is possible, because as I think about it, I think it definitely is. What if with the second island that we get an Island Sanctuary, this does become but <laughs> I was thinking that. It's a 48-man Lord of Verminion. No, 48-man Lord of Verminion, where you have to fight using the creatures you found on the island. You are smart. Stop it. <laughs> I'm already really coping smart. with the fact they added shiny hunting to Final Fantasy 14. That I now I got to do that. And Wait, now you're telling me I got to I got to Well, there's you there's like rare like color variants on the islands for the for the oh, wildlife you there can are find. that yeah. you can find. Mm. Nice. All no, right. Lord yeah. of Verminion might be the only thing in this game that made me so angry every second that I <laughs> I'm just going to be honest. I try to be like real positive but offer good critique about most things. I I'm sure there are positive points to Lord of Verminion. There are cute things. I got good MGP for doing it. It sent me into a rage. I never want to do it again. <laughs> hey man, they'll probably update that before they update Chuckabo Racing. So Sorry, this is a totally different podcast. I'm sorry. I was going to say, why aren't they doing something where you're like your retired pedigree chocobo are on the island or you have like a breeding mini? I just. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. I'm very excited for the island, actually. But memes aside, yeah, I I just don't see them necessarily doing a 48. I would like them to because I do think there is a big community. I was surprised recently. I never did BA because I sort of petered out three quarters of the way. I made it to Hydatos back when Eureka was current, and then I was kind of like, I don't have the energy to go on. <laughs> and I actually really liked a lot of stuff about Eureka, um, even if there were a lot of rough points with it. But I was surprised because I went back in recently to do it, and there were still tons of people and people who were running it and groups that were coordinated that were popping in and people who were referring me to the discord when i expressed an interest and so i do think there is a community that likes these large-scale encounters i do think that they need to keep learning from them if they keep putting them in the game because like you said haps like there are certain things about even the issues originally in eureka with the map coordination problems and people who weren't a part of it or things like that going in and not knowing what was happening and then Later on, you have the timing issues with stuff like the uh, Savage runs in Boja, but uh, I do think it's a cool idea. I just don't know if we're, I don't think we're going to get one this time around. I wish we would, but I don't think we will with everything else they have in store. But maybe they'll surprise us. Okay. I think that's good for rating right now. We'll probably... Okay. <laughs> we went, that was actually really comprehensive. We went pretty deep on that one, and I, I, I do like the idea. You haven't been here for a while. We had to do it. Yeah, I, I, I appreciate it. I've, I've learned so much uh, throughout the... I, I've only had to listen for like 40 minutes or so, and this has been pretty good. I, I like it. Uh, that's... Rook, by the way, that's... Welcome to Mog Talk. Yeah. Welcome. <laughs> that being said, I feel like this is a good time to do one more break before we go into our next couple of topics, because they might be a little bit shorter than the ones that we just discussed. Uh, so guys, hold on while I do this Twitch incentive thing. Thanks for bearing with us. And if you have a sub, then listen to some Pulse music. It'll be great. Hold on one second. Hey guys, we are back. Thanks for bearing with us. Uh, we've talked about rating. 
talked about community. We've talked about, uh, you know, billboards. There's a couple other things I want to get into. Uh, one thing that a lot of people, when they think of me, is PvP, mostly because I did the shout casting for it at a couple of events and uh, almost all events <laughs> recently uh, for the beast version of PvP back in 2018 and 2019. Uh, which was a whole fun ordeal, and PvP has never really gotten, it's never really gotten like a good rep until recently with Crystal Conflict. And so I'm, you know, I've looked into it. I've I've seen some stuff on it, and from my understanding, it's uh, it's good. And I, I remember we've talked about this a few times, Mike, about PvP. And yeah, we were, sure have. And your comments were about as about as long as uh, I don't know a sentence or so. Is that about it? Like that's that's how much you had to comment. Yeah, on? that was about. Yeah, that was about right. I said. Uh, I said no. Make it better. Uh, cool. So that's about it. That's not. That's not even a full sentence. That's like. It's like a like a like a. What's, what's a sh yeah right. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So what's your thoughts on it now? It's good, but they still have a few kinks to work out. That is that is my one summary sentence on that. And oddly enough, it has nothing to do with the game mode itself that needs to be worked out. I think the game mode and the general balance attempts have largely successful. A few a few misnomers, but that's normal in PvP and in, in, mm -hmm. in any game. Uh, it's a reward structure that still is a question mark, especially as we come into season two, just this last week. You know, Feast had that issue too. Uh, yeah, really big. And so, tell me, let's start off with this. No kinks. Let's just hit uh, why it's actually good. Um, yeah, it's it was, so the objective is simple and modern. I think that's a big thing. It's very familiar to a lot of people who've been keeping up with competitive esports scenes, especially in recent years. Or you know, maybe an old TF2 player would recognize it. You know, whatever. It's it's something anyone can understand at a glance, which is needs to be the case with pvp if you look at it and go i don't understand what's that what are these medals on the ground how do i know how many i'm getting is blah 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 how what's the actual win condition why did that end there what's what's this culling time thing there's too many too many variants there <laughs> it's they so really so simple mike it was so simple and it was but the problem is people who don't already play it or don't know uh. much about it can't don't see that and understand it oh, okay. immediately this they see people standing next to a crystal and pushing forward they pretty much instantly get what the objective of it is then it's just a matter of getting over the visual clutter that is 10 people going at it with final fantasy 14's level of special effects in play most of the time um the actual balance is really good they did a, a much better job despite these jobs being incredibly simple they all feel very unique to play so you can you can very much carve out a favorite in PvP, and that's that's essential because if you don't have that feeling in PvP, it's really hard to get attached to the mode at all. Uh, the limit breaks, especially, they nailed it with this. It makes, of course, brings up a lot of conversations about PVE and things mm -hmm. people want in PVE, and that's I think that's good. If if you can look at PvP and go, wow, these kind of concepts are really cool. Could they do that in the rest of the game? That obviously that says they hit the nail on the head with the design. So it really, and also map variants, thank goodness they have it, rotating maps, multiple maps out at the same time, very flavorful maps, difference in strategy, and room to add more should they really want to. It, it's it's The entire foundation is so, so good for everything they need to do to have a successful competitive mode. 
but just one mode. The rest of PvP kind of fell apart around it, and while they're making moves to fix it, it is not quite there yet. Frontlines was summoner scholar territory, and now it's unkillable tanks and melees, essentially, with the change they just made. And we have to see that balance out with rival wings coming back and more adjustments to frontlines and additions of new modes in the future. Tons of question marks. But I couldn't have been happier with a PvP patch than I was with 6.1. Uh, they, mm-hmm. they couldn't have done a better job, I feel. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think they nailed it. Everything, everything is good. Everything about PvP that in this game that is wrong or bad, that other games have done better. Okay, PvP cannot be balanced. A balanced PvP is boring. That's why Fizz is so boring. Now, I, I'm, <laughs> I, I, know, I know you will say good things about PvP. It doesn't yeah. matter. Overall, in the whole spectator POV, it's not fun to do and or watch. But this mode, like a uh, happy... Say, like, I, I play Overwatch uh, and I stop at Season 3. Now it's like, what, Season 20 or something. It's still fun to watch, even though I don't play it. I think this Crystalline Conflict is like that. Even if you don't play it often, if you have a small idea how it works, it's fun to watch, right? There's a lot of PvP streams now and it's also enjoyable to watch. Like, like it's it's not only fun to play, it's also enjoyable to watch. Sometimes, sometimes it's imbalance. The, the imbalance creates content. Why are these deal? I I I don't want to. Th- I don't know whether you actually played it. Why Mitch LB was just straight out broken, right? We have conversation about the why Mitch LB before. It, 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 but but imbalance makes PvP fun. Nobody wants to see everything too balanced because it's too boring. One thing. Second, you play around the imbalance. Some imbalances with objective gaming, right? With you with, with different ways to win. Okay, your group might be metacom. You might be overpowered. You got great jobs but then you might not win if you can play the objective properly, right? So I think there's a lot of nice twists uh, with it. Sadly, my JP static don't allow me to stream, uh, uh, play PvP. I was trying to get to Crystal before Dragon Song came out. And then they tell me, yo, you cannot stream PvP. I'm like, why? They say, because when I stream PvP, I'm always yowling. I'm always like angry. They don't want me to get banned even if that is 0.1%. <laughs> I knew that so, was the I couldn't do any more PvP and then Dragon Song happened and then now I couldn't get a chance to get back. I'm I'm excited to get back to season two though. I didn't get to Crystal Man, but after hearing what Happy says about reward, I hope Happy will talk about it more because I haven't touched season two. I think I was diamond. So this season will put me back to plat. That means Depends that on where you were in diamond. Where were yeah. you? Were so, you in diamond so five how or does diamond the four? Reward, how does the reward work? Why am I missing out? Uh, so the only reward for seasonal play right now is a number of trophy crystals, depending on what you actually end at. Same things you got from the series rewards, just, you know, a flat, uh, amount of them. And you get adventurer portraits that act, basically act as trophies. You know, instead of giving you a trophy, if you end in a certain rank, you get a border. That's pretty common in, in, in other online games as well. League of Legends does it. Uh, I'm not sure. I'm sure other ones do it as well. Um, and then if you're in the top 100, or there's another one, and then if you're number one, you get like the ultimate uh, portrait. The only difference between every season's rewards is the number on the portrait. So the first season had a Roman numeral one, the second season has a Roman numeral two, the third season, etc. That is it. That is as of season two, that is the only difference between season one and season two is the number and you may not even display that because that's part of the little ribbon at the bottom you just might not even use that for your adventure portrait so uh, huh. i actually that... didn't realize 
that they were yeah. the, they would be the exact identical ones again. Um, because I so I hit Crystal and Haps. I think you honestly said every single thing that I also feel about the whole PvP rework. Going thinking about Frosty's initial question, um, totally agree. I mean, and honestly, Arthas too. This is such a good fresh start. I played a lot of competitive Overwatch myself, and I always loved how strong the characters felt as like an entire package, right? Their mechanics, their aesthetics, their animations. It felt distinctive. If you like played somebody, you know, this specific play style and got really good at it, being able to improvise and use that class in creative ways. To me, even though exactly like you said, there are still things to work out and especially with adapting other modes that I just don't think totally work with this new mindset and that's okay. Like all of that needs to be done. There's also bigger discussions happening about, you know, win trading and all this other stuff, which are always a part of PVP scenes. Um, Frosty's very familiar with that, I saw his face. (laughs) Yes, so like that's really important too because that contributes to a healthy PvP scene. Um, Balance is another thing, and Arthas, I do agree with you, sometimes I think that drastic balance shifts can create very wild times in games where there's like a lot more to deal with or shifts in the landscape. Ultimately, a more consistent balance, I think, allows people to not feel or like foster oftentimes like bad feelings towards a specific thing um, or like a even sometimes just the developers themselves, because sometimes people feel like, oh, well, if this one class is so strong, you see poor Yoshida-san having to say this all the time, like, I'm a black mage main, but I swear I'm not like making black mage the best in the game, you know? Um, so I do think more consistent balance is key, especially when people have such strong connections to the classes they want to play. However, as a white mage main in PvP, I acknowledge that how we were and and have been is perfect, and they should stop touching my class, and they should give us all the numbers <laughs> back and make the limit break as powerful as it was. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Until you're in crystal, then they can change it. Once you're in crystal, yeah, they can yeah. nerf it however much they want. Yeah. Sure. Um, no, I, I played a lot of different things, but I had so much fun in White Mage, on White Mage in a way I wasn't expecting in PvP. And I think that was a testament to how they've done this. I mean, I find myself wanting to play classes I never even would have ever wanted to take into PvP just because the flair is so cool. And like Red Mage, oh my gosh, I love oh, the like yeah. going back oh, yeah. between the different aspects and the way that they affect different magic like elements that you're using i just think that's so cool as far as thematic goes (laughs) i love happy's face does not look as happy about that i've been on the too many red mage dots one too many red mage dots one too many silences (laughs) red mage is really 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 powerful it's so strong it's so strong but i think just the idea of how they're playing with those classes they're creating simplified but still complex classes that give you a realm of play they're giving you across the board counterplays with stuff like the cc breaks and self heals which i think is a big move because cc oftentimes also fosters bad feelings in uh mmo communities and there are certain classes that really excel at it in pvp right now but there are ways to counter that and like play around it so people have to, you know, learn that as a part of the game mode. So all of that to say, I think this has been such a good fresh start. I think it will open up even more if and when they ever allow team play, because the strength of these kinds of classes is that when you start doing team tactics, that's where like the medic it's so fun how you line these things up how you combat other comps how you do this and even casting stuff like wolves league um with plus has been so much fun to see how these teams are starting to create their own styles and compositions and tactics Um, but that will be a big step 
They need to do something about the rewards, though. Because I agree, Haps, okay, I did not know that they were the same borders every season. I knew about the fact that if you have worked your way up to Crystal, and I know you were talking about this when we were on the break, you don't actually get the borders for all of the other, like, ranks that you went through. And that was a huge bummer to me because, in my opinion, right, uh, if you're getting an unlockable cosmetic for playing in a season, and something like the Adventurer Plate, my incentive to play through and get as much as I can in that season isn't just to get the crystal border, which is pretty, but it's to like get all the stuff I want to get. And I was aiming for that under the assumption that each season we would have a distinctive different border. And maybe they'll change this at some point, but I don't think the way to incentivize people to long time get rewards from PvP competitive, ranked PvP, is to necessarily just have the same thing with different numbers on it. Because in Overwatch, I can tell you real fast that after like two seasons of getting the gold weapons that I wanted, I never ever wanted to work towards anything ever again because I was like, I can play this and get frustrated, but for what? If I'm not in top 10, I'm not going to get the special animated spray or whatever. And all I have are these gold weapons that we've had for five years. Yeah, (laughs) I have a solution for what they could do. It's actually takes inspiration from the feast, uh, oddly enough. Um, So, Frosty, you may not know this. Uh, So in the feast, Mm -hmm. you would end in a ranking, bronze, silver, and you'd get a certain amount of tokens, and you use those tokens to buy the armor set. That was how the feast worked. Mm -hmm. That's not how that armor set works anymore. You buy the tokens with trophy crystals. So you could just buy all the hellhound stuff now. I I have, like, every weapon, basically, with the trophy crystals. I think they should be doing that. They should be giving you a set number of tokens depending on the rank you end at, and the more that you have, and then make a shop that's dependent on those. I think that getting more of those and the incentive to get to them faster is enough for people. Um, I was always a fan. Listen, I know that with Final Fantasy XIV in particular, uh, this is probably true elsewhere, but with XIV, I feel like it's more true. There is this adverseness to rewarding skill with unique rewards that I feel like is counterintuitive to PvP above everything else. I am always been okay with not having the Owlis mount because I didn't PvP in those seasons. I've been okay with not having the Dreadnought mount. If it's content I didn't want to do, I just it didn't bum me out that I couldn't get this. I would admire it when people did have it. And I I don't think long term that's healthy for a competitive PvP scene. I don't care if it's like challenger skins and and League of Legends or gold weapons or unique sprays and Overwatch. I think the top players, even if it's not me, deserve something a little extra. They don't want to go that route. They need to lock how quickly you can get PvP rewards around your rank and encourage you to get to higher ranks. So I agree with that completely. And I feel like, I mean, I feel good. I've gotten top 100 a handful of times in Feast. Uh, right, and I have those mounts that only 600 people have in the entire Final Fantasy gaming sphere. Uh, and I'm like, yeah. they need to release it, man. They need to release those, those, those. They need to release those skins and mounts. <laughs> all right, one, all right, sometime. all right. So, the I to talk about like that point though, uh, with having it to be, you know, top players get unique rewards, all that great stuff. If the only way they can do that is with proper moderation. If they have to apply proper moderation to ensure the people who are getting it are getting it because they deserve to get it. If they can't do that, then it's just going to be this whole, like, oh, it's a whole horrible, shitty situation where win traders are going to get all the rewards and everything else. 
So if they can get to the point to where they can have that moderation, that control, um, and they know for a fact the top 100 or top however many people all at least deserve it, at least don't look blatantly, obviously horrible, you know, cheesing their way to the top, then yeah, I think that should happen. But if they don't have literally any moderation, which it doesn't sound like they do uh, at the moment. So in 6.2, they are making changes so that it's, it's harder for people to queue up at the same time and time their queues, which is how win trading ended up working. People mm -hmm. would queue as like uh, two different characters as the same job so they can never end up on the same team. And then they would they would try to land in the same match. So yeah, um, they are adding some stuff to prevent that. It is officially in the terms of service that you can report suspected win trading, but I feel like they the moderation team has no uh, training in how to really identify and be like, oh, if this case has come in, I can surely identify that that's what's happening. And, and there were some bans and suspensions, but some of the bans and suspensions weren't even because of win trading. They were because they found the character on auction sites being sold. Because they had, you know, oh. crystal ranking and stuff. Yeah, so they were able to track the characters down and ban them. So, yeah. I mean, one thing that I've seen, I liked your idea about the currency and stuff happens. And I agree about the idea of high-end rewards, right? I think part of maybe their hesitancy, particularly with PvP, has been the fact that only a fairly small subsect was even playing it. Which is always a discussion, right? Mm -hmm. There are certain smaller communities within a game that, again, contribute enough overall and draw enough interest and all sorts of stuff that, again, they should not be dismissed just because they are a small group. But when we think about the past of PvP in the game, I was never selling this game to people based on its PvP, let's be honest. <laughs> like, there were people who enjoyed it and there were highlights about it. But I'm sure there was a discussion as well about if we spend the time, energy, employee resources, and like money on developing something like a mount, right? And then it's only available to this small subsect for this tiny window of time. How much, like, how much returns are we actually getting from this? How many people? So um, I will pass it and can I pass one second? Because perhaps I see you thinking. <laughs> yeah, no, but, no, you're just, I'm just acknowledging that you've given me an idea. But. Something that I've seen in the past as well that I thought was so smart, and this was in a couple of older MMOs, and I loved this, was that in their PvP, they had, like, statues of the players that were at the top rank. And so if you got that for that, like, the season after you won, there would be some kind of area where, like, your character, that like, that top player, that top whatever, was, like, in a statue there with, like, the name displayed. And then for the next season, people could try to, like, dethrone it and, you know, get their, you know, their person up there. Um, which would be something that, like, we already have the technology for in this game, with the Odin fight, with stuff like that. So whether it's coming up with custom rewards for high tiers, or whatever it is, something like that, where it's more of a glory moment, like, hey, look, this is me here in this space, and other people feel like they have the chance to achieve that. Although, of course, again, the win trading stuff and all that moderation is so important to this as well. But it's something where I think there's a lot of creative ways they can do this. Regardless, I do think that for each season, we need to see a change of rewards or something that's different, a new addition to the borders or something like that, because Again, I think that was one of my biggest complaints when I was playing competitive modes in other games, where if it really didn't feel like there was any reason for me to participate in a season, um, other than just my own enjoyment, which, you know, does get you far to some degree, I would just stop. I'd be like, oh, there's nothing new this season. I'll get to it when I get to it. And then it would be the next season. <laughs> yeah. You know? I think I got it. Okay. Mountain for PvP, but it has a medal around its neck, depending on your end rank. 
So it's the same amount, <laughs> but it's got, got a different metal around its neck. I like that. Gold, like silver, that. bronze, and participating. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Participating. <laughs> What's the participating? There you go. Just a flower, you know, just a flower. Yeah, I mean, they, a bare minimum. A bare minimum change. It's still accurately because here's the thing: a border is going to get boring. You can't put the border every month. But if you give, but if you took that same idea, what the border is, it's it's an indication, and you just made it a, a cosmetic that's on something that does change. And they probably couldn't do this every season. Let's be real; they probably they can't do a new mount every season. It's never going to happen. But if they do that occasionally and they rotate those in, it would be. Uh, pretty good. I would also be okay with the series reward, getting a better version of the series reward that also indicates your placement. So like the Arc Fiend set, but has something to indicate what your end rank was somewhere on it, um, but you only earn it from the series. Just something to indicate that isn't your portrait, that can actually change over time, but doesn't change much, and people who participate still have a wide range of being able to obtain it. Yeah, I, you know, they could also do the adventure plate every time you go into the wolf's den. You have to see whoever yeah. the top person of the rank, like top of the leaderboard, you have to see their adventure plate every single time you go into the wolf's den. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Chat said a chocobo barding that, yeah. rep that represents your placement as well. That's another one. I think that they need to play around with doing something that isn't just a portrait, but it's the same idea as the portrait. Yeah. Mm. What do you guys think about the adventure plates and everything? Just in general, you know, this has been a new concept. It's bugged as all hell. I hate changing. Like, they're fixing it in point yeah. two. They've yeah. already said it. But uh, right now, it's super annoying. But it's it's cool. It's just super annoying. Gotcha. Bugs aside, I think it's one of the best social features that I've seen introduced yes. into an MMO recently. I thought it was so smart. Like when you already think about how many people, especially role players, use things like Card, C-A-R-R-D, which is like a website mm. where you can create a little character profile with your own flair. They essentially took that and then just made a version in game. And MMOs have this huge customization component showing who you are in a space, whatever that means, like what you like to do, what your priorities are, your personal fashion, your character, you know, their flair, their feeling, their, you know, sort of context. So to have these plates, I think was so good. They were super buggy. They were, yeah, like the beta definitely had a lot of stuff they needed to work out, but I think this is so cool. And I love that they're expanding it even to stuff like Mahjong. I hope we get something with oh, a new yeah. interface oh, yeah. for- Oh, um, yes, going back to Mahjong. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, something too with an interface for things like at the end of a dungeon, even when you're doing your- Yeah. Commendations, like, yeah. Yeah. PVE. We need red plates. Okay, ultimate plates might be too far. People might complain, but we need PVE plates. Dungeon, commendation, farm a primal 99 times, and then you choose to buy a mount or buy an adventurer plate. Okay, maybe not 99, 50. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, we need Relax more options. Your Satan. We need more options. It's, it's, it's one of the best features. It's like, when you play Call of Duty, when you play Overwatch, when you look at people's portraits, sometimes you are like you you buy battle passes you buy skin packs because you want some of those animated stuff on it you want you, the customization that showcase your style your character what you like is so important for an mmorpg game you know what i mean now now i'm not saying this because i i i recently like to you know tap into the rpc and right click people and look at their plate but sometimes when i look at people's plate i can tell how much they care about number one themselves and number two how they care about the game and then we can, it's also a conversation topic. You know what I mean? It's, it's really nice. It's really nice. 
I, I really like it. One of the best features they ever added in, like Rook says, in the MMORPG. Yeah, I hope they expand it more, but we need PvE plates. We need, we need more plates, yeah. Okay, okay. Uh, so it seems like overall the last like four or five months of this game have been like out of the ballpark. Like they home run, it's perfect. Not no, perfect, not perfect, but like good. <laughs> almost, Let's almost, say good. Yeah. It's it's come with a lot of um, <clears throat> discourse in other ways. For every for every decent thing that's been done, it feels like there's been a, a hill to climb. Like add new housing wards, change the lottery system, whole thing completely breaks. Brand new story quest, tons of typos and characters with wrong names. You know, we've seen a lot of wait, really, <laughs> yeah. In the Omega quest line, there's like two NPCs that just have the same name because they didn't like properly like. I, I, I don't remember which NPC, but it just says the guy. They're talking to each other, and it just says the guy's name. And he's just talking to himself the whole time. <laughs> yeah. But we've seen, like, a lot of little things like that. Like, you know, data center travel not working day one. Not that anyone was surprised. Endwalkers, login issues. Like, there's there's been a hitch pretty much everywhere along the road. But when we get past the hitch, what we have at the end is something that is brand new to the game mm. without sacrificing much of the old stuff still adding in new hunts new treasure maps a new normal raid new savage raid and there's only promises of more to come i suspect we'll break more things in endwalker than we have in any other expansion but that by the end of it all we'll probably be grateful for endwalker on a level like we were grateful for stormblood after the fact oh yeah mm. so I, I I'm so glad. I'm so I'm so glad you talk about raid people always say shadowbringer is the best i i don't disagree but Storm's Blood, in terms of quantity and quality and new content, Storm Blood is peak. But I think from now 6.1 onwards, especially what we see in 6.3, I think this expansion could be the best one. You know, I think this yeah. expansion could be the best one. Growth always comes with a little bit of pain, right? Sacrifice. There's always going to yes. be awkward stuff. There's going to be weird sacrifice. But I think we've seen them just doubling down. I mean, they said, right, even with the media tour stuff, they said, you know, even before Endwalker had come out, that the game was at an all-time peak and that the company and the developers were more dedicated than ever. Not that they weren't. I mean, they did some amazing stuff with this game. But to continuing to keep this game for the future and develop it and add more resources to it. And I really think we see them making good on the, that promise. There are some things that are bigger pain points than others. Housing is a huge one for the longevity of the future of the game, as well as like a major feature that is becoming more and more just an expected part of many MMO experiences for players that are interested. So how they continue to deal with that, yeah, there's still some stuff to do with that as far as availability and everything else. But so many other things have been incredible steps forward even with the announced stuff for the graphical updates and everything else that's coming right we see them really 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 investing in the future of this game and robustly supporting all the content in it and doing what they can to try to bring it forward for another 10 years into the future and that is such an exciting thing to see because i mean yeah like both of you are saying right now i think we are seeing them lay the the, the sort of cobblestones down for that the foundation for this right to path like create a new pathway a new road for us to walk down here in the next um 10 years so it's gonna have its little awkward moments but it should be a lot easier uh in the future and and much better overall um across the board once they're through it all so you guys think we're still going to be playing this game in 10 years i don't I, mind if i uh, yeah i was gonna say i, I don't I'm, mind I'm, 
I make a living off of it, so I'll definitely be playing. <laughs> I mean, I don't see. I mean, I played Final Fantasy for you know ten years before playing Final Fantasy fourteen. What are the odds I stop playing in ten years? I mean, it's from already now? been uh, eight <clears throat> years, so that'd been like eighteen years yeah. investing. No, it's been. Oh, trust I mean, me, it's, it's been more than eight for well, me. Okay, all right, all right. don't talk like, about that. A, a lot of things obviously need to change, right? But this 6.0 going forward to 7.0, definitely we see a lot of a lot more changes that is gonna make 7.0 seems like it's gonna be different from uh you know the last nine years. I I do think that there's a lot of things there's still they they do they done a lot, but there's still a lot that can change 7.0 onwards. And if they can do that. Uh, I mean, like, like, just like happy, right? I don't mind playing this game for the next ten years, but I want to play Final Fantasy fourteen, like Yoshi P say. I want to play Final Fantasy fourteen too, which then means that it's a new Final Fantasy, not too much changes, but new Final Fantasy. The the last the formula, the same thing that we get the last ten years, we get something different. Like it can be the same quantity, but I want it to be different. And so far, this expansion seems like they are going that route. I think compared this expansion to Shadowbringer. This expansion breaks a lot of things, but the positive outweigh the things that broke. Whereas in Shadowbringer, the pandemic didn't help, but more there were more downside in Shadowbringer, more sadness that that isn't enough positive to make Shadowbringer felt like it was okay. But this expansion re- kind of repaid the really. like Yoshi P says, right? They know they fucked up in again, not they shouldn't blame themselves too hard for that because who 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 would have um, you know, prepare for the pandemic, right? Right. But these expansions so far, they've been making it better. Seeing Savage Dungeon is a huge step. Like it's also extreme dungeons game. too. It's another thing to yeah. mention. It's not just Savage. It is extreme yeah. and Savage dungeons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know when when they put out the another criterion and then they're like, oh, this is difficult. I'm like, oh wow, this is difficult. Yeah, right? everyone saw Variant. Savage. And they were like. Everyone saw Variant and they were like, fuck, never mind. This is shit. I don't want to do this. Like, I'll do it once and then whatever. Then they said another and they're like, oh. And then they said yeah. Savage. Like, oh. <laughs> it's like they, 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 they are not stopping, which yeah. is what I expect. I, I, I expected less from Yoshi P. Now, Yoshi P obviously now sit. Did he go silent oh, for it? All right. Yeah. Arthas. You cut out for us. Arthas. Arthas, Arthas, Arthas hold, hold on. I think it's a bit. You think it's I a bit? I don't know if it's a bit or not. <clears throat> he was talking about Yoshida there for a second, and like he said, I don't he know if this is a bit. I'm I'm so confused. He just, he just, he just keeps going. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I, I think he's being censored by you. I I think it's a bit. I like, think so. I, I mean, think his he headset died. Hard. I think his headset died, and he can't hear us anymore. I don't. Yeah. I don't know. Arthas, are you still there? <laughs> he just touched it. <laughs> I think he figured. Out, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. when he goes, <laughs> wait. Is there the cable? He's typing. What happened? <laughs> I mean, he was so passionate. He was so passionate. <laughs> Like, yeah, he was going so much. He was looking off to the side. He wasn't looking at us. He was just talking and thinking and rolling his thoughts out. Hmm. I don't know. I was so scared. It was my internet that failed. And then, like, it finally. I thought the same thing. I was like, wait, did my headset come unplugged? 
I was yeah. like, I didn't think he was about to say something <laughs> that was like such a hot take that it would warrant doing a whole muted bit. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. Here we are. Uh, and then we just see like Yoshida come in behind him and just pull him by the collar and yank him out. Done with you, kid. You're banned uh, forever. Yeah. Uh, hopefully he'll figure it out. Hopefully. Oh, he's gonna mess see, up the cameras, aren't isn't he? Ah, uh, yeah. So he's gonna log out, log back in. I was thinking maybe because so when I'm playing Monster Hunter Rise, I use a PS5 controller. When you accidentally plug or unplug a PS5 controller, it screws all your audio settings. So, and I, he was playing right before this, so I was saying maybe he has his PS5 controller, like right there. Um, I can't wait to hear what he said. Um, yeah, whatever it was. Yeah, <laughs> he might lose I mean, it. It might be gone by the time he. Gets yeah, out, yeah. Might have just left. I mean, these dungeons, I uh, I can't wait to see. Honestly, I like dungeon content. I might be one of the what? few people. Huh? Did I hear? Hey! hey, hey there we go. Wait, what the hell happened? Did, so I have a question. Do you have a P? Did you do you play Monster Hunter Rise with like a PS5 controller or anything on your PC? No, no, no. I use oh, okay. a keyboard. Damn. My sound okay, just thought, gone suddenly. Yeah, because I thought that's what it was. Because when a PS5 controller plugs in or out, it does that. So. Yeah. Hmm. Welcome yeah. back. Do you want to say the entire sixty seconds? <laughs> I don't know where I. I don't know where I stopped. God I think damn it, you said you didn't have faith, or you didn't have as much faith with Yoshida, and then you start talking. And then it kind of comes oh. right after that. Uh, I, I, let me tell you, like, ever since 2.0, the game been stagnant, right? But then he, he introduced more things, you know? Like, I, I knew, he always say he's like a hardcore gamer himself, right? But until Storm's Blood, I didn't really feel it. And then Ultimate came in, and then now adding more Savage Dungeon. I do feel like 7.0, my Yoshi P might, you know, put in more gamer moments in there, you know? Okay. Hopefully, yeah. <laughs> okay, he sounded kind yeah, of we thought, we thought that you were we thought it was a bit because you were like you said Yoshi P and then went quiet. So it was like, oh, is this Yoshi yeah. P's band? Maybe he banned me. Yeah. 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 Oh jeez. Yeah. Alright. Well the main reason I was even talking about like the next ten years is like I was I'm always on like the side of hoping Final Fantasy 17 is the next MMO and we started up with no spaghetti code, right? And so that was always my hope for like the last handful of years. But if they're putting such a heavy investment right now into making Final Fantasy XIV a very solid game moving forward, maybe seventeen is not something to think about. No, so much. they already yeah. have three MMOs. They're not looking yeah. for a fourth. They're not looking another yeah. one. I like like wh why would you Final Fantasy XIV works? Final Fantasy XIV is actually quite a mm. very good foundation, right? Rather than making a new MMORPG. Why don't you just like you know now 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 I actually never seen I mean I guess I do but I never really play games that long to see a transition. But if you think about 7.0, potentially uh, there's a lot of upgrades, right? Graphic upgrades, blah blah blah, right? I like like I also find it funny that Yoshi P recently talked about he wants to add a new job at this point. Uh, he don't know even know how to add a new job. It's just gonna be original. They don't they run out of names. I actually was thinking you don't really need to add a new job. You can just revamp job. Like, you look at Machinist, you look at Summoner. They are technical. Okay, Summoner is technically like a new job. You don't really have... Uh, uh, you see how Ninja became. You see how they're going to rework... Some, uh, what is that? Dragoon? Yeah, Dragoon I feel like rather Astro, than making... Yeah. yeah, Astro, right? You look at... I think they... Rather than making new job, they can just like revamp existing job. Like, let's just say even if you have an idea of making a new MMO, they don't have to make a new one. They can just use that idea and try to revolutionize say 14 into that you know maybe maybe after this next 10 years 
Final Fantasy 14 Part 3 will be different. I think a lot of games also do that, right? Other games also got like 2.0, 3.0, 4.0. Maybe, mm-hmm. right? Maybe. They don't well, have to make a new one. No way. I, I'm against them not making new jobs. I don't care what they have to pull out <clears> of their butt. Yeah. I, I need new jobs. Like, yeah. <laughs> they know they need to have a marketing fantasy. perspective. That's how yeah. they sell the yeah, game Yeah, marketing. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. Like, there are yeah. certain features that are expected with launches. And now that's not to say that they couldn't come up with new innovative features that could be a selling point. But, like, yeah, typically within MMO spaces, there are specific sets of things. And I mean, I agree, though, that they should keep revamping and they should keep redoing things. My hope, too, Frosty, is that if they are going to stick with 14, which it really does seem like they are, and I think they should because the game is gorgeous. It's well done, right? But there are obviously code problems. There are all kinds of weird issues and hangups with UI stuff, with not being able to have a ton of account-wide features that many other MMOs can offer, housing stuff, server load, right? There's all this stuff that does seem like it comes down to some of the code issues. So my hope is that they, with the resources and everything else, are able to dedicate a team to reworking and like systematically finding ways to reworking and re-implementing portions of code to make it more flexible for the future. Um, In the past, that's something that I don't know if they've necessarily been able to do because so much of MMOs is also looking forward, right? What are the new features? What's the new expansion? We have to keep growing the game. But right now they are taking a chance to look back. What can we polish? What can we do for even the core game experience? What can we overall do to make this game last another 10 years because we are at our peak right now, right? They're not in decline. They are only growing. So investing in that is really important. Yeah. I will say I would be okay with an expansion without jobs if they did go back and they did a split job, like gave split roles for every job or something like that, like real I crazy. Mean, but look at Reaper. Reaper Reaper is literally Dark Knight. Reaper is Dark Knight, you know? Yeah, yeah. They could, they could have just made that one job with two different paths of... Uh, they don't want to do that. Yeah. You're never going to see no, them do that. They don't, <laughs> don't want to do that again. Yeah, like, for, like our cannies, right? Listen, they don't want to do that now. I'm telling you, listen, Yoshi P, here, I'll take it easy for you. Just find me out. I'll do Puppet Master. I'll do it all myself. <laughs> the weapon is going to be the puppet's head. That's going to be the weapon. And then you, when you get different, like the like ultimate Bahamut, it's going to be a Bahamut head. And then Alexander is going to... I got it, all right? And then the body. Okay, wait, 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 let me let me stop you for a second there first. <laughs> Are you making it a limited job? No. Okay, go ahead. I'll make I forgot it. Listen. about limited jobs, to be honest with you. Yeah, many of us have. I'll, I'll do the whole thing, Yoshi P. I just just put me on retainer or something. We'll be good. Uh, All right. Well, what if you had to take Blitzball with that? I don't mind. <sighs> It's a it's a sacrifice that needs to be made. Okay. Finesse okay. to be done. Finesse uh, to be done. Geez. All right. Well, I mean, we've been going at this for a little while here. Do you guys have anything else talking about the current state of Final Fantasy fourteen that we didn't cover that you think might be a good good topic to hit before we uh, finish up the show? Data center travel is fun. Data That's center my only travel is a pretty big topic right now. Yeah. Uh, I am just. Good. Yeah. Just in general, I was just going to say that it's great that we can do it now. It just continues opening doors for players to engage together and not be bound as much. Um, hopefully, maybe they can lift some of the restrictions, like none of your FC buffs applying when you're off-world and things like that, or even a future where maybe we could be a part of an FC on one world and that wouldn't even have to be our home world. Like, all those things would be great, but yeah, I just, you know, I'm glad that we get to actually see each other and play together. Although we don't have cross-region yet, it's still really except, great. To yeah, actually I was connect. about to say, except, except Oceanic Data Center. <laughs> yeah. 
They're all by themselves. Materio's just like. <laughs> I mean, that's that's okay. I I am curious. So this is this. Forgive my ignorance. Uh, this cross regional, uh, not regional. I guess cross data center in the same region. Um, is this something that's just party finder, or like how are we going? No, you physically go to. It's like it's like world travel, but you're okay. you're visiting the whole data center. You can so, only access the party finder on the data center you're currently visiting. Well, so it's that's kind of neat and everything. What I would really like is, and if you're in the same region and you queue up for something, you get in the exact same queue with everyone in that same region. That Probably never be... gonna happen. Oh no, that's that requires it. mega servers, and I have a feeling they're not gonna mega server anytime soon. Yeah, it's sad. This is good enough. This is good enough for now. This is so, good enough for now. How does yeah. that work with PvP then? You can't. You can't. You can't rank on other data centers. Okay. You can't rank at all. But you could play like the casual, I guess. You, yeah, you could do custom matches. So like, if you if someone was holding a PvP tournament, you could visit and then join for the custom matches. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Can you do expert? Can you do expert dungeon roulette? Yeah, you oh. can do this. It's it's it, other than a couple of like specific limitations. It's the same as visiting another world. You even get a, a whole new set of cross world link shells when you visit another data center. You can have eight cross world link shells on every data center. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah, it's good enough for now. I think. Okay. 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 I'm I'm cool with it. I'm cool with it. Uh, we'll see how that goes. I'm really excited about getting into PvP again and figuring all that out. Uh, and just diving as hard as I can. I'm hoping that you guys will see me in the PvP scene a lot more coming up uh, within the next couple months. Uh, and of course, we have a Savage race, which is going to be going to have to figure out how that works. Uh, that's going to be oh, always man. a whole Just nother, <laughs> It's a whole thing to figure out every single time. Just now, I forgot to ask you guys regarding the Savage race. I feel like this Savage race is going to just be a race for turn 4. It's going to end so quickly this time. If if there's no delay, the 630 weapon, if there is actually a melee 630 weapon in play, yeah, it's going to be a straight sprint. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, what, what holds up, you know, most of the clears? Is it always DPS checks or is it mechanics? Mechanics. It's mechanics more than DPS checks. 100%. So, it's how quick you see it, learn it, get a strategy down for it, and execute it. So, okay. But the end is that last like few percent is a wall of some kind. And if there's any small like DPS checks like, you know, like ad phases or whatnot, obviously it helps blast through those. Do you think it's going to be a two day or one day? Two day. I think it'll still be two day, but barely, barely the second day. <sighs> I think cool. it's, le I think it's less than 20 hours this time. It's entirely oh, one, possible. Two, I wouldn't be surprised. Be, one, two, three is going to be so oh, fast. God, I just thought about this. Now I have to, there isn't like, uh, Aether, first and primal thirst first anymore it's going to be literally na first eu first because people can cross and move and party finder together so we can't really even track it that way anymore people can kind of say oh yeah we're all from aether but there's no enforcement of that anymore so you can't really rank it in that that i i feel like in the last two tiers it's been less prevalent anyway like I, I i rarely see people talk about being ether first or primal first it's it's we place 34th or we i honestly i don't even see people separating by region when they talk about it for yeah. the most part they just i do compare yeah. to every single other person who's done it yeah I, i've seen it a good bit uh so we'll see uh oceanic has its own little officially now they're not jp anymore <laughs> so that's gonna be uh that's gonna be kind of cool uh, i know they were looking forward to it well 
All right, well, I, you know, we can go ahead and start wrapping this up. This has been a fantastic, you know, return to doing the show again, and it has felt really, really good. I appreciate all of you guys for coming on and uh, just giving me a moment to just kind of talk it out, have a have a good time. Uh, and I may be doing some just normal streams on this channel. We'll see how that goes with the incentive thing and everything else that's going on. Um, I can let everybody know one of the biggest things I was, I, I guess I was kind of sad for was the last world race. I didn't get a chance to really talk to the world first team. Uh, we're going to make that up next weekend uh, and Neverland's going to come on and we're going to have a conversation with them uh, and see kind of where they are now, their thoughts and everything else. And so members from their team will come on and we'll have that world first Mog talk heavily delayed, but it's happening. Um, and I can go ahead and give you a quick peek. Uh, just so you know, we are going to be talking about PvP as well at some point during the month, and we're also going to be talking about uh, the story. Really hardcore into the story around the end of the month. Uh, and we also might have a secret special show that might happen at an odd time. Don't know yet, <laughs> but we will see. Just to entice you, uh, the plan is five shows this month, uh, and so that means we have to fit it in at some other point because we already lost that one Saturday. Fucking AC man, dude. <laughs> Anyways, uh, before we leave, I want you guys all to have a second to sh you know shout out whoever you want to say whatever you like to say, uh, and we'll start with Arthas first. Oh, uh, yeah. uh, yo, welcome back, man, Frosty. Thanks so much for yeah. It's, it's been a five months of pretty emptiness on a lot of things. You know, sometimes we didn't know something is missing until we miss it, right? So <laughs> mock talk and you definitely is one of those things. You know, for me, that uh, has been a void. So I'm glad that you're back. Uh, congratulations again on your uh, kid, everything. Today, today I just want to give a shout out uh, to you, mainly, mainly, mainly to you, yeah. As for me, Sweet. very simple. Uh, you can catch me on twitch.tv slash artists. You know, um, uh, my Twitter is artists714. You can also check out my YouTube, which is also artists714. Uh, mainly doing a lot of random stuff now. Like, 14 is still my main game. But I'm integrating more. I'm, I'm going more into variety now. And like Frosty was saying earlier, you know, the AIP is allowing us to do more things on Twitch. So um, hope everybody get back, stream a lot of things, more mock talk, more things for me to look out for on the weekend. Yeah. It means a lot, dude. It really does. And Rook, you want to go? Yes, I just want to echo Arthas too and say welcome back. It's so exciting and I'm so happy I could make it on. I know we had tried to get me on an app before hiatus and I was so looking forward to it and I'm really, really glad that we were able to make it happen this time. Um, and, you know, thank you too for negotiating times and stuff today when we were rescheduling. Um, honestly, I had so much fun and it was so great to get to talk with both Arthas and Happy. Um, for myself, you can find me uh, and my sirens at <laughs> twitch.tv rookery, and that's spelled R-O-O-K-U-R-I. You can also find me on YouTube at rookery, uh, on Twitter at rookery underscore, and then Instagram at rookery as well. I do a ton of different content. I really love MMOs in general, and my two main ones are Final Fantasy XIV and Guild Wars 2, but I love talking about them. So if I'm not live on my own stream, I'm probably co-hosting one of two podcasts, uh, the Lightbringers podcast or Aetherite Radio with Gamer Escape. 
And uh, I also have been doing a lot of special appearances recently. So if I'm not live, like on my channel, there's a good chance you'll find me somewhere else, be it on podcasts or even stuff like uh, Twitch's Crown channel recently, where I've been doing some co-hosting and guesting. So uh, I'm always happy to see you wherever you are and have great convos about the games we love. Awesome. Happy follow it up, man. Uh, yeah, nothing interesting for me. No, I'm kidding. Uh, it is, I, I was going to echo the same sentiment as Arthur's, um, as somebody else who, I, even we took a hiatus from podcasting. We didn't have a kid over on State of the Realm. So it felt, for me, it felt doubly as empty because I, I was like, wait, I'm not on one and we don't have Frosty. This is, this is sad and depressing. And it's, it's phenomenal to have you back. I'd like to say, you know, you can always reach out if you ever need anything. And I think almost anyone in the community would, would respond without a shadow of a doubt. So don't forget that, Frosty. Just because you're gone for a few months, you got lots of friends here that appreciate you. Means a lot. So, Where yeah. can people find you? Make sure they can find you. If you're looking for me, Mr. Happy, YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, main three things. Um, okay. A lot of things going on as of late, whether it be Final Fantasy 14 news, Square Enix news in general, because they've been pumping stuff out like I couldn't believe, especially for the back half of this year. <clears throat> and at the moment, I'm beginning a year-long trek through more of the Final Fantasy franchise than I think I've ever been through before. Playing through all the Final Fantasy games like I did a few years ago for Final Fantasy Count-Up with incentives for things like bonus runs, challenge runs like New Game Minus and Final Fantasy XII, four White Mage runs and Final Fantasy One, bonus games like Final Fantasy III 3D, which is the worst Final Fantasy game ever made. So there's... <laughs> and then, you know, I guess I can play some of the other ones too. But then there's like Type-0 World of Final Fantasy, and then we'll have Final Fantasy XIV patches. There's so many games, Dealfield Chronicles, Star Ocean, Harvestella, God of War. I don't know what's even going to happen the back half of this year. It's going to be absolutely nuts. Mm -hmm. And I even have a VOD channel now to upload it all to. So nice. making, making moves, Frosty. Making Did you moves. tell anybody about your show next week? I got yeah, we got a show. We got a show. It's called it's called State of the Realm. Um, not as cool as Mod Talk. Uh, yeah. We we yeah, no, I I can say it. It's fine. He said they're thinking it. It's okay. <laughs> 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 and uh, Frosty is going to make the show a little bit better. He's going to be on uh, Mod Talk this next week. We're going to be getting caught up with him, giving him a little bit more airtime here. He <laughs> likes to listen on State of the Realm. He gets to talk. That's that's the big difference between the two. <laughs> yeah. So uh, and we're going to, of course, you'll have a little bit more time to absorb the patch between now and then once your AC yeah. is fixed, hopefully, especially. And we'll just be getting caught, get up to speed with you. And uh, I'm excited for it because we never we, I said we could talk anytime, but we both never once. We were like maybe once said, hey, how you doing? They're like, yeah, it's great. And then we're like, no, we're too busy. Hold on. I can't. Do yeah. This yeah. Right now. Can't Baby happen. screaming, you know, all that great stuff. Yeah. Uh, but, and yeah. hopefully we'll have a fan fest where we get to see you in person again. Fingers crossed. Oh yeah, I need it. I need a fan fest. It's gonna the next in person fan fest is gonna be probably one of the most intense ones. Yeah. Uh, anyways, anyways, yeah. So I'm excited for that. So Friday, stay to room. Saturday, noon. Mog talk. Yeah. yeah, noon for you. And I'll probably be regular time again next week as long as the AC is fixed and everyone's okay. Although. Uh, a lot of the guests are going to be from EU, so maybe we will back it back down. We'll see how that that works out. But, man, it has been fantastic to be here again. Uh, again, it means so much, you guys. All your words, everything means wonder wonders. Uh, I've turned on the stream 
the test to make sure my internet was stable last night and then like people just showed up and they're like hey what's up the title was please don't come here of course people come anyways uh so yeah it's been fantastic being here and being able to talk to everybody again and i look forward to the next few weeks of going through all this and yeah that's about it i guess we can go to wrap this up it feels kind of sad doing so but uh we'll go and we'll play one more set of ads then roll the credits and then you are all free to go have as much fun as you want out in the world of final fantasy 14. Guys, thank you again, everybody. Oh, one thing. I want to do this. I want to do this. Can everybody make a face for our, the thumbnail for the show? Whatever face you want to make right now, so I don't have to search for it, you know? Just make a face that would be really great on a, a thumbnail for Mog Talk. Just... Together at the same time? Yeah, yeah, do it now. Okay, okay. I can, I can work with that. I can work with that. All right. Good stuff. And then uh, you guys all remember to be good, keep cool, stay frosty. Bye, guys. Oh, where's the wave? Oh, everybody wave! Yeah, there we go. Save me.